Put the suckers works out, man, it's time to drink. You know, all I need is some afterward drinks. This is how we do when the week is through. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Podcast. Here are your hosts. Yes, welcome everyone. It is Pooch's birthday bash. Uh... I am Pooch. I feel weird inviting you to my own birthday bash that I'm throwing for myself. But, you know, sometimes when you get old, uh, you know, birthdays start to be, like, not as important. You know, it's not like Sweet 16. Nobody's throwing Pooch a birthday party. Uh, most people dread getting older. But me, I, I'm still digging it. I'm still into my birthday. If nobody else will throw me a party, I will throw me a party. But thank you for tuning in to the After Work Drinks podcast. Uh, this special special July birth month edition. Uh, And of course, as always, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and our host SoundCloud. And of course, the social media train that uh, we throw out there week to week, trying to keep you entertained in the meantime, in between time of episodes. Uh, For that, you can follow us at AWD Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at AWD Pod on Twitter, and Snapchat. The screen name is After Work Drinks. That's all one word. Caps on the first letter of each of those. And uh, we have a big show planned. I know I say that just about every month. What, you know, what am I going to do? Say, hey, we got a shitty show planned this one, man. We really mailed it in. Uh, but no, it's my it's my birth month. It's my special birthday bash, and I wanted to do uh, some special things for it. So later on during our Here's to You segment, uh, we'll play my featured interview that I did earlier this month when I sat down with Arturo and Larry of Sound Growler Brewing Company out in Tinley Park, Illinois. Uh, Arturo and I go way back to college. Uh, Super proud of what he's doing. We'll touch on that. And uh, Larry is the head brewer over there. So if you're liking the liquid that Sound Growler is making, he has a big chunk of the responsibility for that. So we'll give him a big chunk of the credit a little bit later on. And then we have... A whole bunch of tastings. Uh, Pints up, pints down. We tasted 12 beers for our anniversary episode last month in June. Uh, For July, we're pretty close to that. We're pretty close to that. Uh, We have multiple tastings in multiple locations. Uh, I have a a sit-down with my good buddies Danny and Pico. You remember them from last month. Uh, We shared some Treehouse Brewing Company. They are basically uh, getting bigger and bigger and bigger as the kings, uh, the the gold standard, if you will, of IPAs. Uh, They're coming out of Massachusetts, and that, my friends, is a beautiful thing that we'll dabble with a little bit later on. Uh, We're also going to do a KBS Kentucky Breakfast Stout Vertical Tasting, uh, Founders Brewing, man. They've been around a long time, and uh, so has KBS. A good friend of mine, James, has lovely, lovely, and so generously uh, donated some 2012 to the current 2019 edition of KBS. He was supposed to join us to, uh, to partake in this on the air. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict and he was not able to appear when we needed to record this. However, uh, James, he is a top-notch beer guy and I definitely plan to have him on a future episode of the podcast. Uh, but thank you, James, for uh, putting your KBS out there for us so that the show may go on. 
and more. The uh, very vague and more, uh, which is about five other beers that I'm going to be tasting. And you ask yourself, who will I be tasting those with? Well, let's cue up that music. It appears we have a guest. Somebody get that. Who is it? A guy walks into a, a bar. A guy walks into a bar. A guy walks into a bar. A guy walks into a bar. Ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour. I don't have the Chicago Bulls starting lineup music, but if I did, if I had the rights to it, I would play it right now for this guy. Uh, Mr. Armando Rodriguez. Armando, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Chris. What is this Chris thing? I think it's weird. I have friends on this podcast all the time, and I don't know if it's because they feel like there's a formality to the podcast, but people like yourself who call me pooch like 99 times out of 100 in real life scenarios, and then they pull out the Chris. Is, is it the microphones? Is it? Does it make it feel formal? I don't know. I think so. You know, it makes it more like a professional kind of event, but... You've known me for years. I have. Am I a professional? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe on this podcast, I I try to be professional, but uh, appropriate. That's a whole nother story. Uh, But Armando, uh, you may have heard him mentioned uh, way back in our Oktoberfest episode. Uh, I don't know if Armando ever heard this clip, but uh, our good friend Miguel, he was a a little toasty uh, at Oktoberfest at one of our favorite breweries, (laughs) Imperial Oak. And and the subject of you came up uh, and predominantly the subject of how uh, once upon a time, you, I and Miguel, uh, we were sitting in your basement talking about like, hey, we should do like a a YouTube channel, like a YouTube video thing and based around drinking, of course, because... What do, what do you, uh, young 20-somethings want to do with their life? They want to they wanna drink something. Well, now I'm not a young 20-something anymore. I'm, I'm, it's my birthday. Uh, I'm turning 35 this month, but uh, 35 years young. People still uh, mistake me for 20-something, and I, I figure when I'm an old man, that may get me somewhere. Maybe. Um, but, you know, enough about uh, my aging skin. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. So uh, several years ago we had that idea and uh, i just it never it never came fully to fruition because at the time we were all working together in retail and uh anyone out there that currently does or or used to work in retail or any kind of like food or beverage service you know that the schedule's not exactly consistent all the time maybe if you're lucky maybe you always have the same shift every day for the same days but more than likely your days off are changing you got day shifts mid shifts night shifts and it was just really really hard to schedule things so uh the fact that a similar idea has uh, manifested itself in this podcast. Uh, I'm super happy that I had Miguel on, and I definitely will have him again. And I'm super happy to finally have you on the program, sir. Yeah, I remember actually, uh, it was a long, long time ago. And actually, we were drinking at that time, too. We, we were. We were. There's a lot of things that happened drinking in your basement. Uh, <laughs> we, we tried to come up with ideas for, for a YouTube uh, like show uh, based around drinking. Uh, you convinced me to sign up for a dating app when the Bears were getting smoked on Thursday Night Football. I remember that. That that seemed like a great idea. And it, it worked out all right. So, you know, kudos. Cheers to to that. That that went well for, for a while. You know, most ideas sound pretty good when you're drinking. So. That, that is true. If, if you ever want to convince somebody of something, do it after <laughs> they've had a couple. They're exactly. definitely a little more flexible on, on, on things. 
but yeah, I, I remember back then uh, you making a mean cocktail. Uh, we'd often sit in your little basement bar area there, and uh, I don't think this was ever your official term for it, but I used to call them Mondo Ritas because you made a, a, a damn fine margarita. Uh, in fact, like... Right now, as we record this in July, it's like the hottest day of the year. It is hot as balls outside. That's why I'm glad we're sitting here in front of the AC unit. Um, Mondo Rita would sound really good right about now, but uh, I believe there was a couple signature things that, that made it a little bit special compared to the next uh, margarita. I believe you, uh, you said there was some agave going on in there? Well, yeah. So instead of making it like an artificial sweetener, I used the agave nectar, um, which is what they make tequila out of. Who would think that would taste so great, right? Yeah. I mean, why not? Of course it would. Uh, and then, you know, there's probably a couple other, like, signature ingredients in there that we can't divulge. We don't want to give the Mondo Rita recipe out. Um, I'm sure the, the other big secret ingredient was love. He made them with love. Lots of it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, those, those were good times. And... Uh, you know what? It's cool that uh, that we're able to do some stuff with with beer today. Not not the Ritas, uh, but you know what? It's okay. Beer's good too, and uh, we're gonna have plenty of it as you are gonna be my helper, uh, taking down some KBS a little bit later on from Founders, as well as five other beers that shall remain nameless. They're very good beers, but uh, I'm gonna let the anticipation build on those. I believe you have not tried any of them in your life and i have had a couple uh it should be pretty interesting to get your immediate and honest first impressions on those but uh that is in the future what is coming up right now is our news and events segment and uh if there's anybody that likes to know what's going on in the uh the alcohol world it's this guy right here armando uh he likes he likes to have his finger on the pulse he wants to know who's doing what Where's the new releases? Where can I go hang out and have a cool time? Where are the fests? Give me all of that. And that is what we're going to do right now. So check this out, and we will return right after this. It's time for all the latest news and events. What's going on? This is what's happened. All right, let's pull my string and let me read some things. PBR has a coffee beer hybrid percolating. Bouncing back from the Pabst Blue Ribbon shortage of 2018, the enduring American Brewing Company is testing out its new hard coffee in select states. PBR's depressant stimulant cocktail combo is made from Arabica and Robusta coffee beans and rich, creamy American milk. It's hyped as tasting like premium vanilla-infused iced coffee, but packs a 5% ABV punch. For now, the beverage is only available in Florida, Pennsylvania, Maine, New Jersey, and Georgia. Participating outlets can be tracked via PBR's Finder on their website. Prices vary by state, but a four-pack of the caffeinated brews costs $14.99 in the state of Pennsylvania, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Though the product is dubbed the first of its kind in promo materials, it's actually not. Dunkin' Donuts released a coffee beer with Harpoon Brewery in October 2018. For the full article, you can visit newyorkpost.com. That's nypost.com. I gotta say, I'm pretty excited to try this just to see what it's like. Uh, not sure the nature of the Dunkin' Donuts and Harpoon Brewery collab. It says it was a coffee beer. 
Uh, this is a hard coffee, so I feel like you're talking about two different flavors. Um, I don't think hard coffee is going to taste like coffee beer. Coffee beer is something I'm really into. Uh, will I enjoy hard coffee? I don't know. Somebody in the participating states, please, uh, let's do the most unexciting beer trade ever. I'll send you something awesome in craft, and you send me a coffee PDR. I'm doing it. I don't care. Somebody hit me up. Let's do it. Podcast at gmail.com. I want it. Moving right along, as reported by craftbeer.com, the king of extinct beers, the elusive Broyhan, is being resurrected at Seedstock Brewery. For more than 300 years, the North German beer, named after its creator Kord Broyhan, who first served it in 1526, was one of the most popular beers in the region before it died out around World War I, most likely due to a continued rise in lager popularity in Germany. Luckily, the West Colfax Brewery is releasing their version of it in their taproom starting on July 26th. The Seedstock Broyhan is an unlikely but welcomed player in the normal lineup of summer beers. Seedstock's Broyhan is very pale, similar in color to a young white wine, with a light wine aroma and a pleasantly sweet yet acidic taste. Seedstock adds wheat to the grain bill, which delivers a nice mouthfeel balanced by slight tartness and a crisp finish. French hops provide a pleasant backbone for this refreshing 4.3% ABV beer. Currently, there are no plans for this resurrected extinct beer to be distributed, but for more information on it, you can stop by the brewery on West Colfax in Denver, Colorado, or visit SeedstockBrewery.com. I've got to say, I was not familiar at all about this extinct type of beer uh, before coming upon this news story, and I, for one, am pretty excited about it. Who knows? Denver, Colorado is on my list of places to visit, so uh, I don't know how long this thing's going to be on tap and if they're going to keep bringing it back, but uh, I definitely like to try new things. I will try anything twice. And moving on to some local events, uh, both of our offerings for this month's episode come to us from 350 Brewing Company as they're about to have a big month in August. 350 Brewing Company and the Joliet Slammers present Joliet Slammers Fest on Saturday, August 10th at DuPage Medical Group Field in downtown Joliet. Food, fireworks, and live music from Everclare, Bowling for Soup, Alien Ant Farm, Lights Over Bridgeport, and many more. Gates are at 2 p.m., general admission is $25, and field tickets are $35. You can also get $10 off of your purchase by using the promo code SLAM. So make sure you do that before the promo code expires. You heard it here on the podcast. You're welcome. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to this one myself. Uh, the Pooch has a very busy August 10th on his hands, but uh, definitely Everclear and Alien Ant Farm are on my list of bands that have always eluded me. Uh, you know, I'm not going to die if I don't, but uh, definitely was always interested in trying to catch them both out live. I never have. Uh, if they escape my grasp again on such a convenient setup, please, I hope that some of you go and let me live vicariously through you. It sounds like a really fun time, and 350 Brewing Company is going to have their awesome liquid in the house. Uh, speaking of other events that I really hope I can make it out to, uh, coincidentally, more bands. That's right, 350 Fest 5 will then happen later in August between the 23rd and the 25th. Uh, it's going to be taking place at the Tinley Park Convention Center, and they're calling this the Weekend Invasion. 
Make sure that V and Invasion is for five because this is 350 Fest five. Listen to these stacked, stacked lineups. Uh, Friday, August 23rd, you have Me First and the Gimme Gimmies with Lucky Boys Confusion, The Suicide Machines, and Mustard Plug. Uh, man, that's like one of the most perfect bills ever. But uh, not to be outdone, Saturday, August 24th features the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, the Menzingers, Anthony Ranieri, Zebrahead, much the same, and many more. And finally, wrapping things up on Sunday, you have Naked Raygun, 88 Fingers Louie, The Bull Weevils, and you even get Lights Over Bridgeport once again. They're going to be playing Slammer Fest and 350 Fest 5. So you have a chance to see them twice in one month, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, for tickets, you want to go to 350brewing.com. Uh, follow the link. I'm not going to bother telling you the breakdown of everything that's available because there are literally so many awesome deals. Uh, you could buy for individual dates. You can buy for two. You can buy for the full weekend. You can buy some acoustic brunch. You can buy VIP where you get all kinds of free packaged in stuff with your music. Uh, it's just insanity. Please check it out, 350brewing.com. I really hope I can make it to one or both of those events we just told you about. That's going to do it for this edition of What's Hoppin', but please stay tuned because on the other side of this break, we have our first of two Pints Up, Pints Down segments where my friends Pico, Danny, and I sat down with some mouth-watering goodness from the gold standard of IPAs, Treehouse Brewing in Massachusetts. For all of our latest show info, like upcoming interviews and guests, visit facebook.com slash awdpodcast and like us today. I hope we can be friends. We're friends to the end, remember? Pints up. Cheers. Oh my God, it's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? All right, Pooch here, coming at you live to tape uh, for one of a bajillion beer tastings that we are doing on this, the July uh, birthday bash extravaganza. You know, I, I don't like to make things about myself, but July is my birth month, and you know, if you're not celebrating yourself, what are you doing? So this episode of the podcast, uh, we just we throw a little birthday tag on it, just so uh, you know, it's an excuse to drink some really, really good, delicious beer, and uh, we have exactly that. Uh, we are coming at you right now uh, from my friend Danny's basement. Say hello, Danny. Hey guys, what's up? And uh, you heard him last month, as well as this guy to my right, Mr. Brian. Pico, we will never call him Brian again for the rest of the episode. That's how, that's how this works. Weird. We tell you once, and then we just call him Pico the rest of the way. So don't forget that. Yeah, don't, don't call me Brian. Baby. Uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's got one fan in the peanut gallery. But uh, yeah, so you guys helped out with the anniversary show last month with a ton of beer. And uh, we've got a pretty good amount this month as well. And uh, we tried to, to make it some special ones to, uh, to celebrate this, this old man pooch. And uh, we've got a couple of things that we're going to do right here in this magnificent basement bar, which uh, yes, an yes. honor and a privilege to be seated here. My seat has hydraulics. It goes like and goes up and down. I love it. It's good stuff. Now... We're gonna crack this first one here. I'm gonna let this is this is Danny's beer that he's given to the cause. Uh, yeah, 
And so I'm gonna let him crack this open, but what it is is we've got two beers from Treehouse Brewing, and uh, Treehouse Brewery is in Massachusetts. Yep, that's right, Massachusetts. And and how how exactly did we, we come upon this? I believe there's a, a story that you have a connect through your job. There is a plug that I have, and that's all I can say. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. So uh, one of my good friends from work um, came into contact with somebody that works in, that lives in Massachusetts, and he lets us know anytime that he's uh, headed down a treehouse and he takes our order and we order through him. So we are very lucky and fortunate to have him as a friend <laughs> to taste this delicious beer. Yeah, because it is probably hands down the best IPA I've ever had in my life. So, so Treehouse Brewing Company, uh, they're in Massachusetts, the, the town of Charlton. And perhaps if you have enough of their IPAs, we may be dancing the Charlton by the time we're done here. We'll see. But actually, that's the Charleston. But you know what? Close enough. I, I swear, I haven't had a drop yet, but I'm already talking incorrectly. Um, these guys uh, are pretty hot right now. I mean, they've been popular. Basically, like IPAs, that's what they do. That's their specialty. It's all different types of IPA. Uh and it seems they perfected it. There's like practically nothing that I saw on the untapped app that is rated less than like a four, uh, damn near like four and a half. Like everything's like 4.30 something, 4.40 something average and up. So like, you know, beers are subjective. They're not for everybody. So it's pretty amazing that throughout the whole United States and, and possibly, you know, maybe there's people with a plug getting it shipped overseas in other countries and, and stuff like that. I don't know. But wherever these ratings are coming from on the Untapped app, they average out very, very high. And that's impressive because, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's like, oh, I don't like IPAs too. So, and, and I'm not like, a guy that gives IPAs a two, but I've always said that like I went hard on IPAs for a few years and then that kind of like burned me out on them. So now like an IPA has really got to knock it out of the park with me. So I'm really excited because this is like some top tier uh, IPAs across the board, like damn near all of their stuff is good. But we picked out two of the highest rated ones. Uh, so we're going to start with Very Green. Yes. And uh, that one is an IPA. It's an Imperial Double 8.3% ABV. Uh, we've got the description up here. It says this double IPA is created with a massive kettle charge of Australian and American hops. It opens in the glass with huge notes of ripe pineapple, pithy citrus. I don't know what, what pithy is. I feel like pithy is a, is a fun adjective. It's like, is the citrus like a, a little pithy, annoying? Pithy. Somebody used a, somebody used a thesaurus for that for sure. Right. Like pithy, I feel That's is a like. a thesaurus word. I like, for some reason, it's like, I want to, I want to make it like a synonym with pissy. Like stop being <laughs> pissy about it over there, dude. But it's, it's probably not what pithy means at all. Pithy citrus and dank saturated hops. As it warms, it shows its depth and complexity. Sweet hints of malt intermingle with straight Tropicana. It has a soft but pointed bitterness and a rich velvety mouthfeel. Uh, and then, as always, they have on the app some like uh, some kind of like call words here, some some descriptors: uh, smooth, tropical, hoppy, creamy, and full. So, uh, I, I, are you ready for <laughs> are you ready for it to be creamy and full, Pico? That's what she said. Oh God. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's crack this thing open. Uh, I'm going to let Danny do the honors. His hookup, his plug is the reason why we're sitting in front of this here today. My hookup and plug, Dave. And I told Dave about this podcast, so hopefully he's going to be checking it out and uh, he's going to gauge our reaction about his uh, treehouse beer that he's been... ranting and raving about hopefully there's no bitter beer face we've got like our little uh our little taster glasses that you get at you know 
beer, beer fest, fest type stuff. Yeah. Yep, totally. So here, let's let's slide our glasses on over. Yeah, I don't I don't want to spill here. on the equipment here. So while he's filling us up, we got we got Pico over here yes, now. Yes, now Pico, yes. you you through through Danny here and and his his plug, uh, you've had a couple of treehouse beers before, right? I've had one or two, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and um, can't remember exactly what it was. I want to say haze, maybe. Oh yeah, my god, I, 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 it was probably haze. I am smell. I'm smelling it. He poured it. Yeah. It's probably like three feet from my nose, but I smell it. Here, let's let's pass this over to Pico. He's ready for the that creamy full feeling. <laughs> creamy full. <laughs> All oh, right, I, that that thing that what what do you think that straight Tropicana thing that it said I smell it smells like beer orange juice like a beer mosa I love this right so that's my initial like on the nose yeah. feeling about this ah oh, smells oh. good all right we're going in for the taste all right, don't sniff it through don't don't take it through your nose all right oh yeah oh yeah okay all right yeah. first sip I'm feeling good. Good, right? I'm feeling really good. And it's an 8.2, so. Oh my, I dig so it. So you you don't it. need you don't need a lot. You don't you need a couple of these and you'll be fine. Pico, lean in here, lean in here. You've had a couple sips. Uh, what 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 is your what is your thoughts? What are you what are you tasting on your tongue when it when it first hits? Uh, very orangey, very IPA. I like it a lot, actually. I, I like the flavor a lot, and I'm a very picky uh, drinker. I'm very picky about what I drink, and I like this a lot, actually, so far. So so my thing on this. Um, I, I definitely get like that orange juicy, that Tropicana, um, you know, it, it says velvety mouthfeel and, uh, you know, I don't lick velvet a lot, but I, I get what it's saying. It's very smooth. Um, while they do say there's hints of malt, I would definitely say exactly that, that it is, it is just hints of malt. Like it is not overly malty, um, which obviously that being the case, I think attributes to the, the smooth end of things. It says it's hoppy. Of course, all IPAs are hoppy. That's, that's a characteristic, but I don't feel like this is very, very hoppy. Um, yeah, for an IPA, very, very smooth, creamy, uh, citrusy. Like, uh, again, if I had to sum it up, I would just say, like, if you're like me and you're not big time in uh, to IPAs because maybe they're too bitter, too hoppy for you at times, this thing is just like, let the juices flow. It's, yeah. it's like if you just beer mosted yourself, but of the highest quality. I can't stop drinking. It's so good. Are you getting the pineapple or is that just me? No, no, I, I'm definitely getting yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I like pineapple a lot. Um, I, don't, I still can't tell you if the, the citrus is pithy or not. Can we... Should I look that up? Like, Can we Google pithy? Yeah, we all I don't have smartphones what pithy, here. Pithy, what pithy uh, means? So, so while I'm looking up pithy, um, pithy, what pithy. what would you give the this beer on untapped on a scale of one to five? And then obviously overall, uh, if we're just thumbs up, thumbs down, do you give this? Do you give this a pints up? Do you give this a pints down? Oh, definitely. Oh, up. pints up for sure. Oh, all the way up. Right? For sure. Yeah. Right, now, was I lying to you when I said that this is probably the best IPA you've ever had? Yeah, so far until we try the next one from these guys. Yeah, just just wait till the next one. All right, so I've got I've got the the definition of pithy. It means brief, forceful, and meaningful in expression, full of vigor, substance, or meaning. Terse, forcible. Uh, so okay, pithy citrus. It's it it hits the tongue. It shocks you, brief and forcefully. I guess. I feel like Pico over here has. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm liking it, man. I'm liking it a lot. <laughs> I was gonna make a bad joke about no, about about your sex life being pithy, but that's okay. 
it's brief and, and forceful, but it's, it's <laughs> very much so. Very much but, so. It, but it's, poor, it's meaningful. Poor though. Pico. It's meaningful when he does. Is it, it is it meaningful? Is it really meaningful? Of course. Pico? Okay. That's the only way to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, anyway, uh, overall, we across the board say this is a top-notch IPA. Pints up, all the way up. Raise them to the roof. Pints up. And uh, cheers, cheers brothers. Yeah, let's cheers that. Definitely cheers that. And um, on Untapped, uh, that that average score was uh, we said a four point. It was six, a four point six. Four point six seven on oh. Untapped. Okay, so yeah. I'm definitely gonna say a four, since it goes by quarter points. Like, we'll, I'm gonna go. Probably four and a half. And I feel like I'm doing that only because I expect the next one to be better. So uh, we'll finish sipping on these and uh, we'll use that as a way to intro into the next one. And I'm going to let Danny take the lead on that since he's had all these before. Okay. Uh, King Julius. Now, oh, yeah. we just had very green. There is a green. There is. And we figured, why do green when very green is have, even better? We have very green, so we got to do the very green. So why do Julius? Why do Julius when you can have the king, baby? King Julius. We have the king. So we're, we're, we're like that dude that just finally lost on Jeopardy last month. Starting at the bottom of the board at the highest stakes at 1,000, at 2,000 point clues. That's what we're doing. We're, we're not starting with the original versions of stuff. We're starting with the very green. We're starting with the king of all Juliuses. That's right. So tell me, tell me about this Julius as you, go, uh, as you go to the fridge in a moment. Give me a, give me a, a quick synopsis of, of your experience you've had like so far with c- the king. Citrusy, creamsicle, mango smoothie. It's oh. awesome. I, I do it's love a fantastic. I bet you do. Oh God, it's awesome. Honestly, it's 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 a really good IPA. I, I'm Treehouse, hands down, is probably the best IPA I've had, and I, I'm gonna continue saying that just because there's nothing else that compares to it. Honestly. So we're looking at another another same ABV, pretty much. We're in that eight point two percent. So we're in the same range. Uh, another IPA Imperial Double. Uh, King Julius is an American double IPA brewed to be exceptionally flavorful, juicy, and hop-saturated beer while never tiring the palate. Its vivid citrus aromas give way to flavors of orange creamsicle, as you mentioned, mango smoothie, and a bounty of fresh tropical fruit. We find it to be a supremely soft in the midst of an onslaught of flavor, a beer we are quite proud of. Uh, then of course their their descriptors smooth tropical hoppy sweet and fruity. I see a little theme here about a lot of tropical a lot of with their uh, beer. Yeah, it looks. I mean, maybe we picked the right two, but so far it looks like they like to go very citrusy with mm-hmm. their their IPAs, which is not a bad thing. I, I do I do love the juicy goodness. I dig it. I dig it. Now this will be a little bit different because while while the very green was you know as they said tropicana so that strong orange flavor i feel like orange juice is a different kind of thing from saying that it's going to be a creamsicle so i think even though the last one was smooth i feel like i expect this to be even smoother uh you're telling me mango smoothie characteristics i love mango one of my favorite fruits especially when you're putting it in like juices or beers or liquor of any kind um yeah, I, I'm excited about this. So I'm going to shoot the last of my very green here. I'm going to get ready to load up. Oh, you um, still have some? I have. I, well, oh, we were sipping it. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh that's what we're doing. Do? Oh. Gotcha. I was too busy. I was too busy <laughs> rambling, but I'll shoot it right now. Here we go. B- bottoms up, gents. Bottoms up. It was very good, actually. I, I wanted to chug it. 
Mm. That's how good it was. It, it was. goes down smooth. I imagine at some point that 8.2% would start to creep up on you if you kept slamming them. But mm. taste-wise, man, not what your everyday IPA tastes like as far as the, the malt or hop characteristics. Uh, much, much smoother than, than that. So... Uh, let's bust open the king. Let's, let's crack him over right. on the mic. Make sure we get a good right, crack right. on I'm that gonna, mic. I'm going to put it by the mic. Ready? Yes. Ooh. That was a good Ooh. one. That was a good one. That was nice and crispy. That's, I dig it. I dig it. Smells Pico, crispy. Get, get in here. Get in here on this microphone like it is the lips of your, your long lost love. Oh, boy. Uh, Wilson the volleyball. Get in there. Like. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. Do, do your LL Cool J. I know you're good. Oh. <laughs> this is really awkward, guys. Where, where's IG Live for that? He turned off IG yeah. Live when he's looking his lips like LL Cool J. I did it on purpose, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. All right, so uh, let's pass our glasses. I don't, I don't want to. After he did the LL Cool J, yeah, you don't want to. I don't want to mix up. up. I don't want to mix up glasses now. So I'm gonna hand you his first and make sure it's clear and he gets it back before I, <laughs> before we play the shell game with our cups. We have yeah. the, we have the same, the same style glass, so we cannot mix this up take too long there might not be any left in my uh in my glass well i mean just keep the assembly keep the assembly line going just you know fill it up chug it pass it back all right i'm not gonna waste any time here let me all sniff right. this sniff it sniff it real good <laughs> so oh, man okay so i feel like the the very green punched me in the nose a little bit more with that citrusy tropicana there's still a nice smell here but i feel like it's more subdued um Almost like, not that anyone would have a reason to like snort a creamsicle, but uh, this creamsicle doesn't really have a, a strong, pungent citrusy flavor. It just, it just is. It's smooth, and I feel like this smells that way. Oh, yeah, this is, this is going to be good. Here we go. What do you guys think? It's real good, but I'm still more of a fan of the uh, Very Green so far. Really? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't catch my attention. One time is good enough. One time drinking is good enough. So, I will say this. When it first hits my tongue, I get the, the smooth creamsicle type aspect. And then I think on the back end, when like, I, I swallow and it kind of like washes over the back of my tongue, that's when I get like the mango hit. Um, this one, maybe because it's trying to be very, very smooth, uh, I feel like that might be why Pico's like in very green a little bit more because I think very green kind of like is more bold or, or pithy as we just P learned the pithy. word pithy. It's more pithy with its flavors. Pithy it, is what? What, uh, what does what pithy mean again? It's, uh, it's Pico's sex life. Pico's but it's sex also, life, right. But pithy is also uh, sad and brief, lonely. Brief. Is that what that means? <laughs> oh, no, uh, that's not what it means. Okay. No, no. All right. Uh, the, I was the, wrong. The, the flavors were, were very brief and forceful. Now this, I feel like is more subtle flavors um more smooth it doesn't you know walk up and smack your granny in the face style like yes so i think pico is looking at that like a little bit of a negative you like the flavor punch of the very green i really do i really do i like the uh the umph i guess you could say it was uh yeah caught my attention all right all right so uh he's gonna say very green was better all right now i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree i i think king julius is better really it's smoother so I think my thing is, you know, it, with beers, I like when it can go down smooth and taste like, 
like just you know flavorful and juicy and not so much like have the characteristics you're used to in beer like bitterness maltiness hoppiness the traditional things in beers i like it when you can fool me and like it's like i know i'm drinking beer but it kind of doesn't taste like it as much as you're used to and that can be dangerous because obviously this ain't juice it's 8.2 percent kids if you pound uh, some king julius's and some very greens you'll be feeling it soon especially on an empty stomach but that is like the initial just doing like a taste like this that's the initial thing that it brings to me is that uh, I can just drink this thing like it's juice up until it finally smacks me and I, I say, Pooch, stop. It's, it's not juice. It's, it's an alcoholic content. So um, I think even though Pico likes very green better and, and we seem to think that the King Julius is better, I'm going to give King Julius, uh, because of its smoothness, a 4.75. Uh, and I would say even though Pico likes the other one better, you're still probably going to overall give this a, a pints up? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a pints up. Pints up for sure. So three three pints up yeah. across the board. Absolutely. Beautiful. Let's uh let's bottoms up these guys. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. <laughs> I like that you guys are manning the uh the IG live. I'm not doing the podcast IG live. I, I don't have well, enough octopus arms. I'm sorry. I mean you gotta you gotta do the, the thing with your stuff and with yeah, the thing you know, and got cords and wires and buttons here and microphones. Come on now. Got to make sure Pico keeps his LL Cool J mouth close to this mic so it picks him up. Yeah, yeah, do that LL Cool J thing again, yeah, get, Pico. Get in here with now, that. Now that we're on, no, on no, IG no, Live, no, go no, ahead and do it. You got to do it. You do it. Do it. No, they, they, do they, it. they're lucky. Uh, do, no. do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, come on, man. Sorry, next guys. Time, I, tr- I tried. Time. I tried. This guy's, this guy's got oh. it. This guy's got his. Oh. He's let getting close to it. Let me get two more drinks in, then, uh, yeah, then we'll see. This guy's got his. It's going to get weird later, I guess, if he gets two more drinks in him. This guy's got his palmade in his hair. He's ready for the ladies, but he won't do it. He, <laughs> he, he doesn't want to do his LL Cool J. Come on, bro. Come just, on, man. Do it. Scratch your chin and do it. Do it. No, do I it. <laughs> Mama said knock you out, bro. <laughs> next one. Next one. Next one. If you're live, next one for sure. Oh, we'll go live. We got to see oh, that live man. for sure. You can do it, bro. Are you going to sing the greatest hits of LL Cool J while you do it? I hope. Oh, wow. he, he might. I got the album. He, he I got might. both albums. That's like his uh, uh, his idol. His, uh, his, yeah. his, his sexual R&B hip-hop idol. So uh, overall, uh, we're loving both these treehouses. Pints up across the board yes. on all of them. And... Uh, Guys, I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm very happy that we all survived last month together because we, we sampled 12 beers. It was ridiculous. It was a mad dash. It was a lightning round, uh, a great way to celebrate one year. And now this is a great way to, to celebrate basically us being a year and one month and, and me turning 35. I'll, I'll take some King Julius. So Happy anniversary to the show. Happy yes. anniversary to the and show. And happy birthday, And Pooch. happy birthday to yes. me. Uh, yes, some King sir. Julius for King Pooch. That's right. I'm, Cheers. I, I don't have an island. I don't have a country. I'm basically just the king of this podcast, but I'll take it. It's better than nothing. That's, you know? that's, all, that's all we can ask for, man. You, you provide us great content. Indeed. Well, I love it. Uh, guys, thank you for joining me for this part of the show. Uh, again, there is more tasting ahead. Uh, we still are going to be doing a eight-year vertical of KB. Uh, so look out. We definitely uh, only want to do taste of that. If we kill those bottles, uh, we're going to be in trouble. But yeah, we're bouncing all around the Chicagoland area, tasting beers with whoever we can for my birthday. Uh, anybody that's ever been a part of this show, uh, old friends and new, and it's a lot of fun. So we're going to take a quick break and stay tuned. Plenty more birthday bonanza and extravaganza. Yes. And any other really long, lots of consonants and vowels words I can think of. Super califragilisticexpialidocious. Baby. Baby. Oh. Stay tuned. Plenty oh, yeah, more to come thing. on the After Work Drinks podcast. 
Cheers, guys. My Instagram is weak as fuck. Instagram is weak as fuck. Cheese. Want to see what the guys are drinking, where they're drinking it, and who they're drinking it with? Visit them at Instagram.com slash AWD podcast. That's right. Let us know what you're drinking and tell us which breweries, wineries, and distilleries you think we should visit next. Follow us today at AWD podcast. All right. And it is now time. The moment that, uh, that you've all been waiting for. It's that time. It is that time. Uh, it is about time for our featured interview, and this month uh, it is going to be with Sound Growler Brewing Company in Tinley Park, Illinois. As I said at the top of the program, I uh, sat down with my good friend Arturo and his head brewer, uh, Mr. Larry. Why, why do I call him Mr. Larry? Because I didn't get his last name. I could, I could have asked. Mr. Larry sounds actually pretty good, though. Yeah, Mr. Larry. Has a ring to it. Yeah. Or you could go all like impractical jokers and just scream out, Larry! Because, you know, everybody's trying to find Larry. And you should be trying to find his beers. Armando, have you uh, had the great pleasure of uh, either going to Sound Growler or maybe picking up some of their beer elsewhere? I actually have not. I heard about them, but actually don't live too far away. So, so basically what, what you're telling me is there's, there's no excuse. You should, you should definitely be going there soon. No, pretty much no excuse. It's actually kind of shameful now that you mentioned it. Oh, okay. So I've, I've shamed you into going. Well, these guys, you know, they don't really mind how uh, they get new customers, only that they do. So I, I've shamed one more uh, in their direction. Uh, we'll have to go there together. Uh, definitely some top-notch liquid coming out of that place. Uh, and you'll hear in this interview uh, a lot of things that they specialize in there. Uh, of course, the beer comes first, and uh, they like to do the 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 gold standards, if you will, like you know where there's a lot of fads going on right now with like pastry uh, stouts and hazy milkshake IPAs and things like that. Uh, these guys pride themselves on just going back to that original recipe, you know, and just giving you a good stout, a good porter, uh, a, a good standard IPA. Uh, you know, they'll get, they'll get hazy. They'll get juicy. One of their, their flagship beers is, is their orange haze. So, you know, don't think that they're sticks in the mud, that they don't add any, you know, flavors or goodness, you know, and they'll do a barrel age here and there. They do all that stuff. They do. Uh, they're just not getting swept up in all of the, the fads that have been hot, uh, for months and months now. And that's going to be a big part of the interview as is their tacos. Armando, I know you enjoy a good taco with me. Who doesn't like a taco? Really? I mean, it's one of the best things to pair with a, a nice cold beer for sure. And, and of course, doom, doom metal is what you will hear a hundred percent of the time when you are at Sound Growler. Uh, so that is something as well. Uh, we'll also talk about their upcoming second anniversary party, Black Mass Volume Two. And hopefully we don't bore you too much at the top of this interview talking about the old college days. Uh, so here it is. Without further ado, my interview from earlier in July sat down with Arturo and Larry at Sound Growler. And this is what that sounds like. It's time for our featured interview. It's a celebration. So raise your glasses. Here's to you. All right, Pooch here with the After Work Drinks podcast, and uh, I'm currently emanating from Tinley Park, Illinois, sitting down with uh, a couple of the guys from Sound Growler Brewing Company. Uh, I'm here with Arturo, 
one of the co-owners, and Larry, head brewer. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I am well. I am well. Doing well. Now, the the fun story behind this is that uh, we are not strangers. Uh, Arturo and I, we uh, went to school at St. Xavier University. And, uh, you know, I was getting dressed today and I was like, I'm just going to nerd out, man. Like, this morning I had a big ass beard. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shave it off. I'm going to look for Arturo. I'm going to look like how I did in college with no big beard. <laughs> and I'm going to put on this SXU shirt that I bought when we were in college. So this shirt is like almost 15 years old, probably. This is like nice. a freshman year purchase, I think. So uh, I got all decked out for this. But yeah, um, I guess before we even get into Sound Growler, uh, one thing that I definitely wanted to make a point to say is we went to school together. Uh, we worked together as media services techs. We were, we were the audiovisual nerds that set up everything around campus for events and stuff like that. And uh, I distinctly remember working like Saturday mornings with you. Uh, we'd get one of the like the old tube TV rolly yep, carts yep. that there was. Uh, I'd, I'd bring some ECW wrestling DVDs yep. to pop in there. Super and uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly, from Friday night. Uh, thank God Saturdays were usually low-key. And um, the one thing I vividly remember, back, even back then, is that you were always asking questions of people. Uh, myself, others that we worked with and went to school with, it, it looked like you were always trying to pick people's brains when you found out there was something that they were into, there was something they were knowledgeable about. Like, you wanted to absorb that knowledge. I felt you were always trying to gain knowledge back then. and. I could feel that entrepreneurial spirit. You were always talking about like, man, I, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't know. Maybe I'll get into that someday. I feel like you always uh, you had a lot of eggs and you were figuring out what baskets to put them in. And so I, I guess from that, uh, I don't feel surprised at all that you are now part owner of a business. Uh, but I guess what I'd have to say is after college, uh, what happened? Like what steps led you to being a brewery owner? Like how did Sound Growler come to be? Mm hmm. So we, we, or I started homebrewing a little bit, and then um, we started homebrewing with Chris, who is the other co-founder, and um, just doing that for a little bit and, you know, making some beer, and uh, we knew that if we wanted to kind of go to the next step, we had to kind of figure things out. So just kind of took a bunch of different steps, and, you know, we're, we're big into craft beer, you know, have been for some time. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to go to the next level. So we uh, made the crazy decision to open a brewery and, you know, put the right people in place. And we're here now. That's awesome. Now, uh, with Chris, is he like uh, a friend that you had for a long time? Like, how did you mm -hmm. get into like the, the homebrewing game with him? Yeah. So be, me and Chris, I mean, we hang out all the time and, and we'd always drink some type of beer. So either that or tequila or some bourbon or something like that. So. <laughs> Con conversations happen yeah, when you do that exactly. and maybe it leads to business yeah, yeah exactly so um you know I, I i've you know loved beer you know not not necessarily craft you know for a long time but when we're um, younger we, did, we didn't yeah, know exactly. what craft was we, we probably couldn't afford it <laughs> yeah. it was just the cheapest thing you could do in, in college and, and and all that so, yeah, so definitely understandable we're talking about you know media services back in the day and coming in super hungover saturdays i I think I was probably drinking a bunch of Miller Lite or something along those lines. So, um, but yeah, eventually, you know, came to the uh, good side and started drinking some good beer. Nice. Now, what year was it that you guys found this place? And like, what was what was day one? When was grand opening? Yeah. So, I mean, we we were founded in 2016. So, you know, the the whole beer business takes a while to get going, just because there's there's so much red tape everywhere. 
you know, from a local government level, state government, just everywhere, um, federal government, and you know, we officially opened here the tap room to the public in 2017. So I think it was July 27, 2017. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, coming up on two years, and we'll we'll touch on that later for sure. Yeah. Um, refresh my memory. Uh, am I am I correct that you were a business major in college or yeah, took business yeah. classes? Okay. So yeah, business major. All yeah. the that red tape was that your specialty to to look into? Uh, yeah, to figure things out. So you know, just like anything, anything worthwhile, there's always going to be hurdles, and just figured it out. You know, it wasn't easy. We figured it out, and you know, we're moving. Now is uh, is Chris like mostly a, a beer guy, or does he have a, a special talent uh, like you do with pulling the the business and red tape yeah. solver out of your back pocket? Yeah, Chris is like you know my go-to guy whenever we need something done in the tap room. So, I mean, a lot of what you see in front that's stuff that we built together. Um, he has a really good construction background. Uh, the bars, tables, everything uh, we we pretty much built ourselves. So you know, right now he helps us more on the um, you know, kind of like the, the, the computer side of things. So he does a lot with our website and uh, he does a lot of our, you know, label work, of laying things out. Uh, so that's kind of his specialty right now. Awesome. Awesome. Now, before we get too far into the interview, because we might touch on stuff, uh, this is this is something that I've noticed is if I wait too long holding on to this question, people start to talk about things that were the answer to this question. So I'm going to put it out there up front right now. Uh, a lot of beers in Chicagoland top-notch we've got some really great craft brew places so it's not enough to just say like we make great beer everybody in Chicago makes great beer there's a lot of great breweries but what would you guys say is your unique differentiator what unique thing or things set you guys apart from the rest as he shifts the mic over to Larry I don't know I was gonna say we make great beer (laughs) Uh, we make just like clean beers We're, we're not really chasing any fads you know, when it comes to the the hazy beers, we, we do hazy IPAs, but they're still West Coast recipes. You know, there's no, we don't do IPAs with lactose and vanilla or anything like that. It's just, it's yeah. not our thing. It's, we, we like to brew stuff that, that we like to actually drink. So um, I don't mind the hazy stuff as long as it's done well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to chew on a beer, right. especially <laughs> if it's an IPA. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there should be some decent bitterness when you're, when you have an IPA, so... You know, if you're just going to add a bunch of adjuncts and hot, it, to me, brewing is like acoustic guitar versus electric. Yeah. You know, and I love electric guitar, like we're a metal brewery. So, you know, you could hide a lot of flaws playing electric, but acoustic, you can't hide those flaws. So when you're brewing, to me, it's more of an acoustic thing where I, we don't try to hide behind any mistakes or being lazy or anything like that. Nice. So um, that's basically it. Uh, pa- pastry stouts, we don't, we don't like geared towards, you know, putting donuts or anything in our our mash ton or or, stuff like that (laughs) like i guess philosophically um since since you're throwing that out there uh are those types of beers something like obviously you know they've been kind of hot for a little while now and and look like they will continue to be but long term is that stuff that you see as just being like a phase that will have its arc and for sure it's already uh the whole milkshake new england thing is being on on this side of it is Mm -hmm. like you know you have your 20-somethings that are just starting to, to drink right now, and they don't know anything but, you know, unfortunately, they're only they're coming into drinking right now with these, like, crazy milkshake IPAs, and they think that that's what that beer, that's what IPA is supposed to be, and right. it's not. 
So um, it's a that's a very valid point that I, I've heard some uh, some younger uh, younger drinkers like early twenties to to mid twenties have actually like said to me like oh god like oh like in, insert you know whichever beer say IPA here and be like oh no that's terrible. I can't drink that one I like blah 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 that's how like you know it should taste that's a good I'm like eh, you're kind of you're chicken in the egg like the one you're saying is, is so awesome like it's not your fault it's what you're growing into in this age but that's that's not how it was and, and a lot of people don't know that um it's fine i think to you know what you like is what you like beer subjective but uh definitely yeah like to to have like you said the the acoustic analogy uh that's a, a really good way to put it that just kind of strip back like beer recipes that are kind of like you know the way it's supposed to be before you start throwing on like these fad things that you know come and go right and we, we're not like we do a lot of lagers here we're not like trying to be we only do like german style lagers i mean we we do those yeah but we also will we're not afraid to like hop the shit out of just a regular lager just for the hell of you know just to just to do it yeah you know but we're not you know gonna start making like lactose lagers and and shit like that so it's it's i think it's a fad i guess unfortunately uh, it's just these these younger this younger generation is they don't know right. any better. I don't blame them, but the people, that, all the you know, they're people are trying to jump on the money train and like make these like crazy hazy milkshake, the, yeah, the adjunct stouts, and then like when they don't come out right, you know, blaming it on something else that that's why it didn't come out right. It's just. You, just like hiding behind yeah i know there's uh an article that i saw floating around online the last couple of days about hazies and like breweries encouraging like drink fresh other people thinking that it needs a little time to settle maybe you should sit on it for a little bit um i guess when you're not messing around with hazies you don't gotta worry about that bullshit so <laughs> yeah our ipas that are hazy are it's just from the yeast that's it it's yeah. not we didn't do anything intentionally to to make it hazy or thick or you know tongue scraping or chalky or I, I or will like that. I will say orange haze is is awesome uh, the the last time I was in here uh, wasn't on tap but you guys had the cans and I took that home and and that was perfect that's beautiful I was a big fan of that um, I guess while, while we're just talking about the fact that you guys brew what you like um, you know touched on college with art over here so I'll, I'll give you a chance to tell your history in the beer industry how did you start out uh, and, and find your way here to being head brewer at Sound Growler starting out in beer was probably unfortunately in high school <laughs> um, I always got you know, if there was like a kegger party or something like that, I always got a, a nasty hangover or, or sick. And, you know, I just had relatives that actually did drink good beer. So when there were the family parties and you're trying to steal beer out of the garages or, or whatever, um, I had an aunt and uncle specifically who lived in Michigan at the time. And they that was when all the small microbreweries in Michigan were popping up. And this is like early 90s. And, yeah. Um, so they would bring those beers to the parties because they didn't want to drink, I guess, the swill that everyone else was <laughs> drinking. So... Um, I think that's where I picked up my my uh, taste profile from. I guess mm -hmm. I just just had more flavor. It didn't give me like nasty hangovers or you know make me feel sick. But then, as far as the brewing brewing side goes, um, my wife got me a home brewing kit a while back. Um, I didn't ask for it; she just got it. And then after that first beer came out good, I was hooked. Nice. And then. Um, She's been in the beer industry for a little bit, so I had opportunity to go to a couple breweries, and uh, I got um, an opportunity to uh, internship at Five Rabbit for about six months or so. One of my favorite breweries. And uh, so I was there, and then from there I went to another smaller brewery. We brewed out of Ale Syndicate, 
Okay. For a little while. Um, and then I actually was at Lagunitas for a little while. And during that period, we kind of hooked up and, you know, I responded to an ad for a brewing position. I wasn't necessarily going for head brewer. They were looking for head brewer. I just said, I, hey, I know my way around a brewery, you know, if you're looking for that extra help. So, um, but as far as meeting up with Sound Growler after talking to Arturo, I went and met them at Arturo's during a... Uh, a homebrew session with Chris. Okay. And I brought some of the beers that I made, and they liked them. You know, we, we clicked, everything went well, and then, like, the following Monday, I think, maybe, he just said, you know, we want you You're to... You're in. Yeah. So, so Art, since uh, you and Chris, I guess, were the, the, the judge there, was this, like, the, the beer version of some, like, Gordon Ramsay contest shit? Like... Give Pretty him, much. Give him, like, that stone it. face where you're trying to no-sell if you like it or not. We'll call you on Monday. You're sweating it out. I, I think what Chris said is, I mean, he tried one of Larry's IPAs, and he was like, in his mind, this is probably one of the best IPAs I've ever had. So he didn't want to tell Larry that, you know, at the <laughs> moment, but, I mean, it was. Uh, we had multiple beers, and, I mean, they were super good. I remember having a, a Brett beer that day. It was a Brett IPA, and it was super tasty, a lot different than anything, you know, that I'm used to. So, you know, I think it was a, a good fit, you know, from the beginning. You know, we received, you know, a bunch of different resumes and, you know, Larry's was was the fit for us. Now, so we, we said, like, differentiator-wise that it's kind of like the acoustic, the more stripped-back approach. Uh, so almost like your differentiator is, like, less is more. In, like, an industry now where there's all this fancy-pants, trendy stuff going on, you guys are just trying to make the best version of, of the old staples. Uh, but let's talk about something that I, I think is a differentiator. Uh, not just like the beer itself, but just like the whole grand scheme of what Sound Growler is. Uh, I see it a lot on your social media, the, the tagline of beer, tacos, doom. So uh, tell me, I guess, one, uh, the influence on the kitchen and, and how you decided that. I guess like the, the, the Latin, Hispanic, uh, we're going to be like taco-oriented uh, type food here. And then two, after that, Who's the doom the doom metal fan that, that pitched the other guys on that? So so tell me both of those because I think those are two big differentiators. Yeah, I'll talk about you know the the kitchen part of it. So I mean, I think after Xavier, at some point, I opened up a Mexican restaurant and you know just had some knowledge and expertise you know in that industry and you know we we're thinking about some different things to do here, and I think it was just kind of kind of a pretty good fit. You know, I think we were at a, a party. And we were discussing it, and we were like, wow, that's that's a really good idea. I think, uh, you know, Larry, you threw that out there, and, you know, I had a lot of knowledge, and it was just kind of a good fit. So, and who doesn't like tacos, man? Yep. No, absolutely. Tacos and beer have been, like, hand in hand for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my, my cousin Jackie, you know, she's got some culinary experience, and, you know, I, I talked to her, and I asked if she could, you know, kind of head this, and she came in here, and she did a, a bang-out job, so... Um, you know, that's kind of where the, the taco story came from and, and the, you know, what we're doing here. It's mostly tacos, I believe, during the week. But uh, am I right? It's, is it like uh, the weekends or brunch? There's also like tamales and other stuff. Yeah. So on the weekends, we typically do tamales on Saturdays and Sundays. And then on Sundays, we do our brunch. Uh, so we'll have micheladas here. Uh, we'll have uh, beer mosas. Uh, we'll do chilaquiles for the food and then egg and cheese burritos, too. 
Uh, so, you know, kind of kind of a little bit different. You, know, you, you just week. you just made my head explode because uh, I somehow I know I looked at the menu online a ways back uh, before my first visit here and saw like there's some stuff exclusive to the weekends. But literally, I could pull up my Facebook right now and I was asking uh, people, hey, where can I get a good Michelada? Because a place I used to go closed down. I want to try some new places. And now you just blew my mind. I'm going to come get it here. Yeah, I guess. On, man. Yeah, Michel- Michelada. There's a Michelada fest going on this weekend, but maybe I'll just skip that and come here. Yep. That sounds like that sounds like a plan, but uh, fully two thumbs up. Support the the tacos thing again. It's kind of almost like the the acoustic approach to the, to the beer. It's just like who doesn't like tacos? Well, don't reinvent the wheel here. Tacos and beer, great pairing. Um, now, who's the doom metal guy? Who who said I like doom and I think that should be a thing we do here? I honestly at this point don't remember. I, I mean, I guess like the the doom metal background. These guys were already like they're into like thrash metal and. So like the whole metal thing wasn't going to be a hard sell. Okay. Okay. Um, but as far as you know, the tap room goes, it's just uh, you know, Doom originating from like you know the Godfather's Black Sabbath, and um, I've always been to the into the low and slow. I think it's just a good vibe for the tap room. You're not like oversaturating someone's ears with this like screechy. You know, I like all music genres myself, but uh, it's just more melodic, something you don't have to think about not a lot of lyrics all the time so it's just kind of easy you know droney kind of background noise that you know if you're going to play music it just kind of works out for us and i i mean it's just kind of music i've always been into so it's actually cool that the way you just explained it because uh hearing you say that i i fully agree that like if it's something you're into you'll come in here and be like hell yeah but if you're not super into it it kind of has like that droney background effect thing where to where it's not like piercing and like sort of like noticeable it can fade to the background of your conversation with your friends yeah. your family whoever you and bring surprisingly here. we get all all age genres asking because the most of the stuff we play it, you're not it's not going to pop up on spotify yeah i um, mean yeah. it's like you know it's more of a, a small underground kinda, type yeah. thing <laughs> that you know certain people which we have those fans that know but you know we'll get uh older generations that come in here and are like what's the name of the song and it, it might be bong ripper but this 60 something year old dude is just like i love this this is great <laughs> it's like okay okay All right. that's that's cool so they'll you know make we'll go on the ipad and see what's playing and let them know what it is and they'll come back and be like oh yeah i, I, I love this so it's like some of it's just mindless I just, you know. I think it's cool because I, as funny as it is, much like you said, like I'm into like all genres of music. Like when me and this guy went to college, I did college radio. I got exposed to a ton of different stuff and I love a ton of different music equally. Um, I would actually say probably at this point, like a really annoying song from like a pop princess, whatever is hot right now on the hot 100. If that came on at a brewery, that would be more jarring and piercing to my ears than the, the doom metal. Even though I, I don't, I have no problem with doom. I don't really seek it out, but it, it's just not as like obtrusive as you think it would exactly, be. Like, yeah. it's what, it's what you said. Like you had a 60 something year old guy, like what's this song? This yeah. is great. And, and that's kind of like what it is. Like I, I hear it in the background right now. I'm just like, I can get down with this. Like right. this is, this is cool. So uh, I, I don't know if there's a lot of, I, I, there's obviously like music themed breweries that do metal and stuff like that, but I, I don't know if anyone specifically goes the doom route, um, but I like that. I, I was surprised uh, when you guys opened to, to hear that and uh, I came here and I liked it though. So kudos to that. Just uh, definitely a way to be different. Um, let's go and touch on something you already mentioned a little bit. 
you said you like to do the the acoustic approach to beers, nothing too crazy. So, is there a focus on certain beer styles? Uh, something that you would maybe say you guys are, like it's your specialty, maybe something you're known for that you guys do the best. I wouldn't say we're the best, but I think we're slowly becoming kind of known in the area for lagers. Okay. Um, just clean, easy drinking lagers. Like we're not trying to, you know, start some new trends or styles. It's just. Like I said, some stuff we like to drink. We also we don't we're not really heavy on high ABV beers here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you look at the locale, we're in Tinley Park. There's how many subdivisions all around here? Yeah. We, we get that crowd, and you know they're not looking to come here to get like super shit faced. They want to have a, a good time throughout the night. And I got. I, have a I little, like to drink beer, so I I don't want to have two of them and be done. You know, I have a little bit of a drive to get here, so I appreciate it not being high ABV too <laughs> when I come. Not that I have a problem with high ABV. It's just no, no, not at all. We get we'll get some people come in and be like, "Oh, your highest alcohol beer is eight percent." Like, oh wow, that's that sucks. I like, I look at it differently. See, like when I go to a brewery, like yeah, I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna be a you know repeat customer, and eventually, you know, I'll try as much as I can before it rolls over and the next new things come in to try, but. In any given visit, if it's not a quick pop-in, if I'm going to sit down and, and chill with some friends for a while, I might not try everything on the board because that's a lot. But right. I do I do want to dabble in as much as I can. And if it's all high ABV, <laughs> you're going to be wrecked. So I, I think that the positive side, if you're a, a big-time taster, like, hey, this is my first time here. Or, hey, you know, I come here, but this is like they've rotated the whole beer menu since the last time I've been here. I want to try as many of these as I can. Then five six percent is great like you don't need eight ten twelve fourteen percent crazy stuff um all the time and as far as doing a lot of lagers clean lagers uh i feel like that's something coming back around a lot of people that are are friends of mine that do other beer podcasts or uh you know our influencers with like beer social media have been talking recently about you know the same thing we mentioned already that hey like pastry beers and hazy and and you know all this stuff that's just like crazy adjuncts that are getting thrown into beer and it's not to take away from all of them because some of them are, are very well done and are, are good. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think hazy means bad. It's just some of them are done very badly. Yeah, it could be really great hazy IPAs. But a, a good clean like lager, uh, you know, or, or like a pilsner or something like, like I feel like there's like forgotten styles that sort of got put on the back burner. Yeah, that, we like, just did a collaboration with Omega Yeast yeah. uh, out of Chicago, and uh, it's a German pilsner. So we're we're going to be canning that up soon we'll be canning it soon i can't give an exact date I, I think like the hardcore beer nerds out there are like appreciating like that you guys and other breweries are are turning the focus back to stuff like that and away from some of the the more wacky adjuncts out there because uh sometimes all you want is just like a good crisp clean beer that's just done right has it been getting done for decades sure but is is there room for uh you know for all the breweries to make their own version and and try to perfect it yeah like why would anybody give up on the lager or the pilsner just because they want a donut beer or like right. a you know a super sweet juicy you know whatever like a, a juicy IPA like there's room for all of it but I don't think that the latest trend should make breweries forego you know the stuff that's been around forever um, there's a place you, you got to put of the it. roots back in there somewhere yeah I mean, yeah I mean have it all on your menu if you want to do like a pastry beer you want to do like a goofy juicy hazy you know wonky thing go for it knock yourself out but i think a lot of beer portfolios are starting to get heavy uh on that in some places and just go back to the well it seemed like for a while there was a there were some places where that's all that that was their focus and everything on their menu was that so 
you're kind of pigeonholing yourself into a certain category of a of a brewery, and then at some point, it's not gonna that's not gonna work for you forever. And then when Agreed. you go to turn around and do something different, it's like, oh well. The people that were into it are like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then the people, exactly. yeah. And then the the other styles of beer that you weren't doing, it's hard to attract that crowd then because you're not known for it. I mean, there's a lot of breweries that, uh, not to say that it's like uh, you know gimmicky or, or weird adjunct IPAs, but there's just a lot of breweries that are known for like their IPAs, and that's fine. Like if that's all you want to brew is IPAs and slight you know variations of them, like. That's really cool too, but I, I like your guys' approach of, of the, the stripped back. We just make really good stuff. We don't get too crazy around here. Um, and every once in a while, if you want to throw on something, like what, what are we drinking right here? Is this Cave Dope from what year did, did we say this was? That was released last July 28th for the last Black Mass, or for the first Black Mass, our first anniversary. All right, so basically we're, we got like a year old barrel age here. Like, yeah. And, and it's delicious. I've been sipping on it. I love it. Um, you know, every once in a while, you just throw something, you know, if, if you want to throw something barrel-aged or an adjunct or whatever, cool. Um, I don't think anybody should focus on it. Like you said, if, if you walk into a brewery and there's 10 things on tap and it's all barrel-aged or it's all hazies or it's all pastries, like, just sometimes I want, like, an easy sipper, man. Like, I just want something that, especially now, it's like summer, it's hot as hell outside this yeah. week. Like, yeah. you just want something that you could sit and drink, low ABV, and, and have a few of with, with, with friends. I mean, uh, I definitely think you're doing it right there. Um, speaking of, of, you know, what's on tap uh, at certain places, any given day, how many taps are you guys usually running? At least 10. Okay. And I would say the board has been trending lately towards half lager, half some kind of IPA. All right. Um, one of my favorite beers is Riff Rider, and that's just a traditional West Coast style inspired IPA, nice. um, which we have on right now. And we'll we'll do the hazies. We'll do, it'll be hazy, but not the way some people think it's hazy. Yeah, so yeah. We do it our way. Not not uh, what some of uh, maybe like a, a younger drinking generation that's coming up think it means. Like it, yeah, it's like oh, it's like the more shit you could put in it, the better it's going to be, and people will want to stand in line for it. And yeah, yeah. You know, people try to make excuses for why it tastes good, even though it really doesn't taste good. So it's like tropical Hawaiian, six different fruity adjuncts in one. It's like exactly. Maybe pick one. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes less is more, and and that. Is in beer I still and think a lot of things. things should taste like a beer, not a juice or a, a desserty liquid. Yeah, uh, I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely had some stouts where it's just like, all right, I'm drinking like straight, like I melted a donut, like melted some sort of dessert, and I'm drinking it, and it's like might lose a toe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm about to get the the sugar, man. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have <laughs> diabetes after I drink this one. Um, so let's transition now. We talk about what, what's on tap. Let's talk about canning because it's something that you guys did in the past with a mobile canner and uh, recent events, I'm staring at it right now behind you, Art, is your brand new, uh, we've got sound growler labeling and logos on it, your brand new canning system. So how long was that in the works and how are operations gonna change now that you have this at your disposal? So it was uh, probably in the works for, I mean, we've talked about it for a long time, but Candy lines are super expensive, so we had to wait for the right time. It's been super busy in the tap room, so you know we, we felt, hey, let's uh, let's make that jump, let's make that leap. So um, probably about three four months ago, we started talking to uh, a couple different manufacturers of candy lines. Uh, you know we we really liked one in Michigan, 
Uh, so we said, hey, let's let's go ahead and let's do this. You know, they, they kind of went in the ins and outs of what the Canyon Line can do for us. It seems super flexible, and that's one of the big parts of what we're looking for. Uh, so, you know, we, we issued the, the purchase order and, uh, you know, just came in last week. Now, uh, something that we talked to off mic before we got started recording here uh, was about a couple years ago, you guys were at the White Sox ballpark, which I believe wasn't guaranteed right yet. It is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys were in their craft cave, and you were telling me because you used a mobile canner, it was hard to keep up with that demand. So that was a one-season thing for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it was last year. And um, it was it was tough because we were mobile canning, and mobile canning is, is great when you're getting started, but there's so many breweries out there at the same time, and, you know, you're at the mercy at their schedule. Yeah. So, you know, if we want to can tomorrow, let's say the White Sox call us and, you know, they want 10 cases or whatever, and, and we don't have it at the moment, uh, we, we can't fulfill that order. So, um, you know, we would have to probably schedule canning a month in advance, and uh, I mean, they're, they're great guys. They're just, they're busy. You know, there's a, there's a lot of breweries in the market right now doing the mobile canning thing. Which uh, which beer or beers was it that you guys had in place there when you did? I think Riff Rider was the big one. Okay. Yeah. So a good one, definitely. And now with this canner, you kind of are working on your own schedule now. Yeah. Uh, so would hitting up the guys at the Craft Cave and, and getting your foot back in there be something that you, you would want to do again? Yeah, I think so. I think that as soon as we get our production up a little bit more, um, you know, we, we, we got we got a lot to talk about and figure out because, I mean, this is really new to us, and uh, we got to figure out, you know, how we're, how we're going to use this thing. So, um, yeah, I think eventually, you know, we could probably uh, kind of approach them and, and have more availability for them and some other customers. But yeah, I think so. And will we start to see you maybe like in in stores in the area distributing that way, cans on store shelves? Yeah, I, I you know what, it's it's still super early. You know, I, I think uh, we're gonna focus here first, right? Because we we'd love to have beer for people who come in in the tap room. You know, of course, the best margins are here too. Mm-hmm. And then we're kind of we're gonna kind of go slowly with that. Yeah. So it'll take some time. We're still trying to figure things out. You know, we're. We're a slow moving brewery, you know, we want to make sure that we make the right steps. You know, we don't want to grow just for the sake of growing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to take care of our home first and kind of go from there. Makes perfect sense. Um, it's kind of funny because at the time that I did my interview uh, many months ago with Imperial Oak, it was when they had just got their canner. Uh, they literally were stepping away from doing a, I think like a first or second run with it uh, uh-huh. to do the interview. And uh, basically what they told me was the same thing. It's like, hey, like, would we like to? Yes. Is it in the cards immediately? No. Uh, the other hurdle they had was that licensing wise, they were not able to distribute yet. Uh-huh. They could, you know, pursue it. Yeah. And, and here we are now. Uh, I think it happened about maybe four or five months after that interview where they sort of teased, like, of course we'd want to. But same thing you just said, like, we just got this thing. Uh, essentially, we just want to be able to control our timelines and what we release here in the tap room for pickup yep. to take yep. home. And then four or five months later, there they were. Uh, I think it's pretty hyper local, but they now are featured at a few of the surrounding bars in their area and have cans on some store shelves in a few places. And and can it keep growing from there? Like, sure, but baby steps because yeah. if, if you get out in front of your skis, bad things happen. So yeah. uh, kudos to that. I think you definitely have the right approach on that. It, it's working for them. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, this is very early. You guys just got this this bad mamma jamma uh, piece of machinery here. But I, I hope that uh, it works out the same path for you guys that you just steady growth, man. Take your time with it. Um, 
one thing I also see out there that this is more an aesthetic thing that I appreciate is uh, when I come in, I always see you got the merch rack over there, and pretty much every brewery has like their their brewery T-shirt, their Sound Growler T-shirt. But I like it that you guys have certain beers that have their own T-shirt. Yeah. You get that can art. Uh, so Tortilla Hands is out there, and I think I've seen a couple others in the past. Uh, I believe wasn't there T-shirts when you guys did the the release for uh, He Has Risen? Uh, yeah, Resin? yeah, so yeah. It's probably our our most popular shirt. Yeah, I think that one sold out pretty quick. You know, it's a shirt that we do once a year. It's a beer that we do once a year. It's fucking awesome artwork. So, yeah, yeah it we is. like to put it out there, and it's it's a good one. I like that a lot, though, because I think it takes it another step. There's a lot of breweries that have multiple designs of just, you know, riffs on their logo or something like that, but basically just says the brewery name. Yep. yep. If you have a favorite beer, man, I, I don't want to just rep I like Soundgrowler. I'm going to rep that I love the shit out of this specific beer. Uh, so I think that's cool. That's just something I, I wanted to mention. On that front, I think you guys are doing a, a good job with that very cool decision. Whoever, I don't know who's who's in charge of the the, the merch here. Let's give them kudos. So, um, you know, the, Chris is in charge of the merch. You know, he'll do kind of like all the ordering and everything. And, and you said he's you like know, the graphics guy. He designs. yeah, he's kind of like our graphics guy. So he doesn't do the artwork, but you know, what we'll do is we'll we'll say, hey, you know, we want a Candice beer or whatever, and we're gonna seek out some artwork. So we have some artists that we work with consistently. Um, you know, Larry's been kind of doing a lot of that, working with these artists. Um, and, you know, we put that one together and then we said, hey, let's let's make a shirt out of this and do a couple of different things. And it was a good one. I and mean, there's so many different places we go to. Like if we go to, you know, some type of do metal show or, you know, even uh, I think last year or this year when went to Dark Lord Day, saw like two or three people walking around with them. So it's pretty cool to see, you know, people walking around with the shirt that repping sold in you, the tap room. Yeah, repping you. It's something that, you know, it's not online. It's only sold here in the tap room. You know they've been here and they're, they're repping it at one of like the biggest fests around the area. <laughs> so uh, really cool. Uh, speaking of fest, that's a really good transition that you mentioned that. Um, this is going to air probably in the back half of July. So maybe like late July and then August onward. What are uh, some big events that are maybe here in the tap room or maybe some fest that you guys are participating in? Event-wise coming up, the next thing for us is going to be Black Mass Volume 2, which will be our two-year anniversary, July 27th, Saturday. Starts at 2 um, we'll be having Black Road play again, Pale Horsemen, which we kind of call our, our house band because they're just here all the time. <laughs> Some of the members are here three times a week. Uh, so Pale Horsemen. Um, there's going to be another band we're working with right now, and then we're going to have Resin, and Bong Ripper is going to be the headliner. Nice. And most, they're all, all local, so it's all outside, and... It's from two to ten, two to eleven, two to ten. Two to ten. Is is the clo- the closing times foggy that day? It's not yeah. it's not normal business hours. It closes when it closes. It closes itself. <laughs> closes when the beer runs out. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. not that. But <laughs> but we'll have uh, we have a tattoo artist again who's going to be doing flash tattoos. Um, some vendors this year. There's going to be actually one of our members. Um, he's got his own python breeding company. So there's going to be some snakes that he's going to have on display that you can check out. Um, I don't remember all the other vendors. But, but uh, basically, check out the website, check out all your guys' social media pages, and uh, any any updates of what's added to uh, to the festivities will be there. Yeah, it could change all the way up to that day, so we're always kind of slowly adding stuff. We've learned our mistakes from the first year. Like, 
not that there weren't many, but we learned what to do, what not to do. Yeah, there's always, there's always stuff yeah. you can learn from and improve on for sure. Right. Um, so that's kind of like the big thing coming up in July. Uh, in, in summer or fall, will there be any like fest that you guys might have your beer at? I think we'll probably do the uh, Oktoberfest again. Okay. And we brew a, a fest beer, which turned out really good. And we had some, uh, some half-liter steins that we were selling. We did some brats. Can't go wrong with brats and yeah, beer. It, it, that turned out really good. We every second Saturday of the month is doom yoga. Yeah, let's talk about like some more regular things. Anything that's like weekly, monthly, or like annual events that you know everyone can count on that are available to come and do here on a frequent basis. Yeah. So what we do pretty consistently, pretty much every month, it's the second Saturday of the month is doom yoga. Uh, so what we'll do is clear out the tap room. You know, we have Ryan, our instructor, who comes in here. Uh, she does a really good job with the yoga, and, and we put some some low and slow music, some low and slow doom in the background. A lot of it is his ohm. You know, it's a doom metal band, and uh, it sounds just, like it goes very right very the, different and unique. I mean, if if they're called ohm, I feel like that goes with like the whole yoga meditation thing. Like ohm, hit a downward dog to that for sure. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then obviously you mentioned you've got, you got Black Mass, you have your, your anniversary, second anniversary coming up. Uh, are there any other regular events that happen on a monthly or yearly basis or, or right now is that kind of like the two big things you could count on? I mean, that, that's, you know, the, the two big things for sure. Um, we're probably going to start getting a little more regular with stuff here. I mean, we're always doing events all the time. I was going to say, like, maybe maybe it's not like a, a lock that you'll do these things uh, annually, but in the past months, I think I've, I've seen stuff for like Doom, like concert fest where like the pre yeah. or post party has been yeah. here, correct? So Yeah, it just all changes, just kind of depends. And and I, and I believe if I if I caught correctly, it was it was Oktoberfest. So I, I caught that too. That seems to be a a little bit of a theme with a couple events you guys have you know uh, hitched your wagon to. So um, I say yeah, keep it up, man. Like definitely some cool events that have been here. I definitely want to try to make it out to more of them uh, the remainder of this year and moving forward. And obviously those events are, are in the the local community. So let's talk about uh, community here. Like what has the local and surrounding like townships uh, been for you like do you feel that you got support from them immediately upon opening was there like a need for a brewery in this immediate area like how how were you like fostered in how did how were you sure. accepted sure yeah I think um, you know we we've always been welcomed over here uh, just the community overall has been great you know we have a membership here it's uh, only 72 members and we sold out of that pretty quick so you get some some good membership perks um, and uh, they're here pretty consistently throughout the week. Uh, so there are a lot of people, the majority of them are, are in Tinley Park. Um, you know, Tinley Park has been great for us. You know, we did a collaboration beer with the uh, Tinley Park Fire Department. Nice. Um, so that, that one went really, really well. And it's something that, you know, we donated uh, some money to. Um, and we're going to do it next year again for sure. So, I mean, Tinley Park's been great for us. Uh, the other breweries have been great too. So, I like this membership know. idea too. Yeah. Like, uh, now, now, how hot is that right now? Are we talking like baseball season tickets? Is there a waiting list if you guys expand list. out? Yeah, okay. there's a waiting list. Um, so, you know, we have the waiting list. I think it's probably 15 people right now. Okay. And, um, you know, what we do is when we do uh, any renewal of someone, you know, membership expires. Uh, most of the people, you know, they renew it. Yeah. But, you know, once in a while, maybe one person, two people a month will not renew and, you know, we'll go to the wait list. So there's okay. always a wait list for it. And so it's a, it's a monthly thing that they re-up or annually? 
it's annual annual okay yeah. cool, and it's, cool. A, it's a pretty pretty good deal so on mondays uh you get a, a pretty significant discount so it's 30 percent for them okay uh, all other days it's 10 percent off uh we get them a shirt we get them a mug they have a custom locker where you know they have a, a key to oh nice and, uh you know we give them two tickets to, to black mass so oh that's awesome that right there is like 60 dollar value yeah, so yeah. i mean it's 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 a great deal awesome really awesome and, and it's always nice if you have uh your go-to uh, glassware that you want to drink from here in your, yeah. your own locker. I mean, I don't I don't hear too many breweries doing stuff like that, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, and then any type of beer release that we do too, we give them kind of first first crack at it. Uh, so when we release, uh, you know, the Cave Dope uh, for the uh, anniversary party, we're we're gonna call them beforehand, and say, hey, you can come pick it up early and and take it home with you, so you're not lugging it around all day. Yeah, yeah. God forbid you drop that guy yep, while you're, while you're here partying. <laughs> um, and then I guess staying on the, the community front, is the tap room open for like reserving space or maybe if they want to go big, possibly the whole thing for yeah. uh, events, you know, uh, celebrations, things like that? We've done it before, so it just kind of depends what day it is. You know, Basically, if it's a Friday, Saturday, it's kind of tough just because those are our best days and it's, it's pretty, pretty full in here anyways. If they just wanted to get like a corner with some tables, that's no problem to reserve. I mean, we're we're always trying to be accommodating of so, everybody. Case so. by case basis, hit you guys up. Yeah. You're gonna try to accommodate what you can. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, how about catering? Do you guys get a lot of? Do you do catering through uh, through the kitchen? You know what? We, whenever people have approached us for catering, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something that we haven't really put out there too much, but we probably will in the future. Um, well, they're we hearing it a, now, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might get a phone call. Yeah, we have a, a taco platter. Um, so we have two taco platters. We have one where it's just tacos, um, 25 tacos, however you want them. It's in a nice platter. Um, and then we have another one that's tacos and beer. Uh, we call the one without beer uh, unleaded, and then we call the one with beer leaded. Uh, that one comes with two growlers filled. Um, those those platters are exactly why I'm asking. I wasn't sure like if that was like a, a staple, like you just told me it was. But yeah. I, I remember on the Super Bowl, you guys offering that. And uh, I don't remember what it was, if it was just a time crunch for me or if, what the weather was around the Super Bowl. But I remember being like, shit, that's a great deal. I really it's wish I could deal. get up there and get some tacos and beer for my, like the, I forgot what the dollar amount difference was between the unleaded and leaded. But I was like, why wouldn't you take the freaking beer? It's only like <laughs> X amount of dollars more. Like that's, yeah. that's less than a growler cost. So yep, yeah, yep. I, I was stoked to see that. So uh, this time I'm going to plan ahead for my Super Bowl because what Super Bowl doesn't need tacos is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think for this past Super Bowl, I mean, we we did quite a bit, quite a bit of platters. So uh, Jackie usually handles our platters, and she was she was pretty pretty busy. So so not trying to overwhelm you guys, but if you're out there listening to this, obviously uh, you know they don't mind your inquiries if you if you need a little catering or you need to pick up some platters. That's a thing. You can do that, man. Inquire within. Jackie's got you. Um, I guess what I, what I want to throw out there now, we're talking about all these different cool events and specialties and things that you can do here. Um, case by case basis, like you said, there's certain things that you could count on, you know, weekly, monthly, year in, year out. And there's other things that are just like, oh yeah, we did that fast. Like, you know, maybe we'll do it again. Like we do events here and there. Maybe they become staples all the time. Maybe they don't. Uh, the best way to keep up to date with that obviously is, uh, the World Wide web. So would you be able to give us the website and your social media handles for people to follow you for all the, the latest info? Yeah. So the, the website is www.songrowler.com. I'm, I'm not big into Instagram. Larry is, so I don't even know what our, our handle is. I, I think you just 
look up Sound Growler it's on there somewhere same thing with Facebook I mean those are our two big it'll, social media outlets it'll 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 come up if you if you look it up uh, what, what is it? definitely definitely Sound do a Sound Growler yeah it's just say it's Sound Growler we're, we're gonna we're gonna find out for sure right right now I'm gonna show you how easy it is I, I got my app open I type in sound boom it comes up and yeah, it's it's sound growler, just at sound Pretty growler. Pretty easy, simple. Easy stuff, and uh, obviously any anywhere else, whether you can't remember the website, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Google machine's pretty powerful. If you type in sound growler brewing, you're gonna find oh, yeah. all of those handles. Um, I guess while we're touching on it, uh, I think I have a pretty good idea, but just in case there's some element to it that uh, that isn't obvious, uh, the name sound growler, where, where did that come from? So it was me, Chris, and a couple of other kind of home brewers. We were brewing and just kind of throwing some stupid names out there and uh i mean so i don't want to say sound girl is stupid it's definitely not but they, it was uh one of the ones that we threw out there and i heard it and i'm like yeah that's it's fucking cool so you know every time we home brewed it was definitely some metal metal and beer so yeah that's what it is that's the background that, behind it it's, that's it's pretty much beer. that's pretty much what i figured i just want to make sure there was no element i was i was missing but uh, yeah. i was like yeah there's definitely some people growling out there in the tap room on the on the pa on the, yep. the the music side and then of course a beer growler so uh nice play on words there for sure uh definitely basically you come here and it's exactly what you get you get good beer uh you get some good music and and of course some really great tacos so if if any of those three things are checking boxes for you you want to come on out here uh in fact if you could give the address for anyone that hasn't been here yet sure yeah our address is uh 8201 183rd street we're sweet peace so we're all the way to the west side uh the unit and we're in tinley park and is there anything else? I know sometimes in the beer industry, industry stuff's like top secret. Is there anything else that you might want to tease for the future? Any goals you guys have for 2019 heading into 2020? Or uh, even just anything you want to say to your guys' supporters and followers out there? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, for me, we're just, we're trying to take it low and slow, you know. Just trying to kind of figure out what we're doing really well and continue doing that. And whatever we're doing wrong, we're, we're going to fix. Uh, so just kind of moving forward. That, that's all for me. I'm sure, Larry, you got some things to say on Larry, that too. Larry's got big plans for this year. Um, no, as far as our, our fans go, thank you to everyone who's been supporting us. And we are doing uh, going to be doing a lot of Britannomyces and stainless and barrels, uh, fermentation in barrels, whatever we kind of come up with at the time. So. Um, is that is that another thing like when you guys know it's uh it's in it's in the fermenter it's on it's cooking like is that something you'll throw out there on social yeah, media it's we, like, like hey expect this coming uh, soon nobody knows what our beers are going to be for black mass as far as the variants for the stouts yet okay um but we're also going to be releasing uh we did a rye ale and we transferred that to a secondary added about 200 pounds of peaches and then tossed a bunch of bread in there so we'll be releasing that. That beer is called Swarth. All right. And uh, we'll like have that. Peaches. For, we'll I'm have that for Black for Mass. That. That's a it's a it's a pretty solid Brett beer in my opinion. Uh, it's been sitting in stainless since February seventh. So Love it. That'll be coming up. We're gonna be doing a lot more of that, and then just continuing with the barrels. I like it. More IPAs, more lagers, some seasonal stuff sprinkled in here and there. So if uh, you're festivals, uh, um, we'll be doing a collaboration. Friday with Wake Brewing and uh, Cosmic Eye out of Nebraska. Nice. Um, so we've, we've kind of befriended Wake Brewing and uh, we go back and forth. They'll be here for uh, Black Mass. We've done a couple collabs with them. They're 
do metal like-minded breweries. So we don't <laughs> nice. want to just like do a collab with something, just like someone just for the just for the fuck of it, just to say yeah. the collaboration. You, like, we you try could. to stick with people that are like-minded. It's a lot easier to deal with. Yeah, if, um, if you know there's another brewery out there that's on the same wavelength, it just makes sense. Yeah, so hopefully I, I was talking to, uh, we're doing a triple IPA collab Friday, this Friday at Wake, and uh, hopefully that will be ready for Black Mass. And then we're trying to get the, the Cosmic Eye brewing crew out here too. They might fly out here from Nebraska. Oh, wow, <laughs> nice. If we can, hopefully try to pour some of their beer too, get them exposed to some stuff out here. Yeah. Um, we had Wake out last year for the first time, and they had their own tent, and their beer sold out like within the first couple hours, so it was... Fantastic. It's, so it's I guess basically what we're saying here is I need to make sure this episode's out there at least like a few days a week ahead of the 27th. <laughs> I want people to know that this is what they can expect. I want them to make sure that they come on down. Uh, now, is this something you got to get tickets in advance or you can walk up right at the door day of? You can walk up the door day of. We're going to be having hard tickets in the tap room and you could buy them in our Eventbrite. Okay. And uh, roughly, do we know what the, the cost is on that? 30. 30 bucks. 30. It sounded like it was at least worth $60, so that's a steal. <laughs> 30 bucks it is. Uh, man, definitely looking forward to Black Mass. Uh, congrats right now in advance, a little bit in advance, uh, on two years, guys. Uh, so so happy for you, Art. So proud that that's what you, you've gone on to do from uh, our college days. I totally saw that in you back then. That you know, I didn't know it was going to be beer, but I knew it was going to be something. You definitely had that, that entrepreneurial spirit, so glad to see that that is, is working out and you guys are going uh, strong here. And uh, like you said, man, low and slow. Slow and steady wins the race. Uh, very interested. Uh, keep your eyes and ears open to see what Soundgrowler does uh, both here in the tap room, on the fast circuit, and with this canner, because I'm looking at it. It's a sexy beast, and uh, once they perfect it, like, look out. You know, the sky's the limit. Uh, Soundgrowler to start taking over the neighborhood and then you know the chicagoland area and after that the world why go small let's go big let's take over the world larry art thank you guys for sitting down with me man it's been a blast appreciate it thank you thanks man ah yes arturo and larry from sound growler brewing company black sabbath would be proud of your riff riding ways for you are Iron Man, canning beers as fast as you can. And so we say, here's to you, Sound Growler. Here's to you. And there you have it, the fine folks over there at Sound Growler out in Tinley Park, Illinois. Uh, you know, if you don't catch them at their upcoming second anniversary party, just make it out there while, while summer is going on. Those guys have uh, a lot of cool things uh, that they're working toward. You heard the new canning system. Uh, that is just going to help them spread the love, spread their beers to farther corners of, uh, of the Chicagoland area. And uh, I'm really excited for that. Uh, Armando, I, I do believe, if you weren't already convinced beforehand after hearing that now, uh, are you just salivating? Are you drooling on my microphone there, wanting the Sound Growler beer? You know, I was actually kind of hoping that you wouldn't notice, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know what? That's why, that's why I have the foam, ball, the foam ball protector on these mics, so that the oh, drool okay. is, is protected when we talk about savory, savory beer. Uh, so that's going to do it for our featured interview. But now we're on to the part that Armando is 
just been waiting for. Look, look how long this episode is so far, and I've just been making you patiently, patiently wait. You had to sit there and listen to myself and Danny and Pico try delicious treehouse IPAs without you, and, and you had to curse my name. And then I said, don't worry, don't worry, Armando, it's coming, it's coming. We're going to do this thing. And the moment has finally come for you to quench your thirst with me. So uh, what we have coming up is a vertical tasting with Founders Kentucky Breakfast Stout KBS. We have bottles from 2012 to this year's 2019 release. And uh, we're going to tell you some tasting notes and uh, see what has changed over the years with aging. Uh, You know, whether it's with color, taste, smell, uh, we will see. Uh, After that, we're going to crack open five other beers. Uh, Don't worry, folks. We've got plenty of water and uh, got some crackers here to to cleanse the palate. Uh, You know, we're going to be like doing it professional wine taster style, I guess. And uh, in addition to that, we're going to do a little time lapse because uh, I don't think anybody wants to listen to us slowly, methodically try eight KBSs. Also, you, you don't want to hear maybe what, what I'll sound like tipsy on that. So we're going to do like one of those those time-lapse things. You know that cutesy thing your iPhone does? And uh, we're going we're gonna to take this quick break. And on the other side of it, we're going to have magically just tasted eight beers in about 30 seconds time. Magically, through the magic of editing, and uh, give you our thoughts. So stay tuned. This is the After Work Drinks podcast, and this is the first of many about to be tasted. KBS Vertical, coming right up. Want to get in touch with the show? Email us at awdpodcast at gmail.com. Pints up. Cheers. Oh my God, it's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? All right, we're back and through the magic of editing, we have somehow very rapidly tried eight years of Founders Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Uh, Armando, how are you feeling after eight of those? Um pretty good so far i mean i guess yeah. we'll find out the part right? we the part we edited out is where we like took our time and, <laughs> and drank water like we didn't we didn't in a, during a 30 second promo like chug eight full bottles of kbs that would be insanity and we would be dying right now so uh we did not do that but uh we did however do a little little taste you know what was necessary the necessary sippage uh to see what is going on there and uh, we are gonna share some some tasting notes. So I will start off by saying that I have never done a vertical tasting. Uh, some people just compare like one year versus the previous year's rendition of it. Uh, so this is ambitious as hell. I've never done a vertical. I'm like, let's compare eight years of this stuff. So I guess, I guess we'll lay it out there. Just uh, the, the groundwork is it's a eight year vertical of KBS. Uh, it is released in the springtime every year, and basically, what's uh, 
what goes into this is, is there's there's a lot of variables. Um, James, who I mentioned earlier in the program, who was so kind to uh, give us some of his stored KBS, uh, he kept them cellared. So uh, if you go online, you'll see a, a lot of opinion. Uh, you know, does it make a difference if you keep it in a cellar? Is it fresh? Is it chilled or refrigerated? How do those things affect all the characteristics of the beer, basically? And so he basically took those out of the, of the cellar, and then uh, we basically just wanted to cool them slightly uh, from where they were at. Uh, stouts, typically, they recommend that you serve them between 45 and 55 degrees. So we had all eight pretty much within that radius. And, um, you know, we, we went from, from there. And uh, as not, maybe not novices in the beer game, but definitely novices in, in vertical tastings, I just want to, I guess, go over some notes of uh, some good, honest, you know, first reactions and, and opinions of, of what I felt about it. And um, I guess most people that do a vertical, then their argument is, is this beer worth aging or was it better to have it fresh? So uh, we'll, we'll touch on all of that and uh, give you our end result of our fresh versus cellared versus chilled versus refrigerated uh, versus just to age or not to age. Uh, that is the question as it pertains to KBS. You know, if you look on Untapped, uh, what it is known for is a, a very heavy chocolatey coffee flavor. Um, people will mention notes of vanilla. Um, sometimes I've heard people mention like cherry or coconut. I don't know if I always really get that. I don't know if that's the intent. Um, people tend to go with a more, uh, I don't want to say generic, but a more broad term saying that they think that it maybe smells or tastes of dark fruits. And of course this is barrel age. So you, you've got the, the bourbon smell and, and the bourbon taste on that as well. Uh, so what we went and did here is we went backwards. Um, start with this year's the freshest, what everybody's consuming right now, and see how it has changed over the years. Uh, so after doing this, Armando, do you think that you noticed a, a lot of change in the in the beer, or do you think certain years blur together? I feel like almost like this could be bracketed into like thirds or halves and that no two years especially in the older years are that drastically different like did, did you find that you noticed a lot of nuanced differences um i mean depending on which ones are um i didn't really find much much huge difference or sort of differences between after like the different years of hearts but there were some subtle changes uh but I think I think you need like bigger gaps to, to really notice. So I'm gonna I'll I'll touch on a, a few notes that I took down when I was tasting um, for each year, but then make like some broader strokes, some like broader statements about it because I really think that's that's kind of what you have to do. So uh, starting with 2019, uh, very heavily loaded on the chocolate and the coffee, um, not a lot of bourbon smell. It, it's there um, and it had overtones in the taste uh, for sure. Um, and I really like chocolate, so the fact that that was very prominent was, was pleasing to me. Uh, you go backwards one year, uh, one year age, 2018, uh, I thought a lot more bourbon, uh, a little more on the vanilla scent. I definitely got that. Um, more bourbon sting up front. I definitely thought that the, the recipe either had more to begin with or 
possibly like one year of aging could maybe do that. Uh, again, you know, I, I'm not a, an expert uh, on this. I'm just giving you what I felt. Uh, definitely a little bit more oaky, oakiness in the flavor. Uh, a little less chocolate. So I, I like bourbon barrel aged stuff, but I, I like smooth. I like flavor. I think I like the amount of bourbon I was feeling in the 2019 more than 2018. Uh, it looked like those two beers to me flip-flopped the ratio of bourbon to chocolate. Um, going back before that, 2017, uh, this was a little bit of a milestone. We'll mention a couple things that also changed uh, physically with uh, the beers. In 2017, they switched from a black cap that they had had years previous to a gold cap. Does that really have anything to do with how it tastes, smells, looks? No, but I'll, I'll put that note out there for you anyway. Uh, this one had a little bit more of the, that dark fruit smell that uh, I've heard people mention in relation to this beer. Also kind of had that boozy character still. Um, something to note is that the first several years of this beer clocked in at 11%. And then a couple years ago, it got bumped up to 12 So part of when I say that there's boozy taste, I think is caused by just the recipe change um part of it obviously i think could be the aging and i don't know that beer necessarily its contents work just like wine but you know you you talk about stuff where people are like oh yeah you know you have like cider and you let that apple cider sit and then it basically like turns to like alcohol grapes you make the the wine with with age does it does it get more pronounced the the boozy character of it um is beer the same as as how wine and ciders and things like that age you know not exactly but i think the the general principle of aging uh is is a chance that uh the boozy feature becomes more prominent and i think that is what what kind of happened here and, and we'll touch on that as we go uh we'll move back another year to 2016 um, I felt like here it was getting smoother, um, creamier, a little more, a little more complex still. I, I felt like there was, you know, all the notes we've mentioned, uh, chocolate, coffee, vanilla. Um, I feel like each year the, the ratio changed though. Like sometimes it was a change in the scent. Um, sometimes something you didn't smell as much still came through in the flavor. Sometimes something that was very strong in the the scent didn't feel so much there in the flavor uh and then here's where we start to get like a a little wonky and uh and this is where i think i I started to like lose uh, a little bit at least on on the nose and then also with the with the balance uh 2015 i thought was was smoother creamier um pretty sweet but that's when i started to notice that i thought the bourbon was coming through like possibly the aging was making it more alcoholic, more to the forefront, more that like that bourbon sting and losing a little bit of the balance of making sure you have the right ratio of all the flavors. Um, go to 2014. Uh, again, that one, all the notes were there, but I thought coffee was getting substantially weaker. Uh, so basically as you go back in time, um, Again, you know, I don't want to bore you here with a half-hour conversation about it, but uh, general blanket statement to say, as you go back further, I thought bourbon and booziness went up. Uh, the coffee, which I love coffee beers, the coffee quotient, the ratio of that in both the, the scent and the flavor 
um, seemed to become less. It seemed as if the older years uh, got a little bit more muted scent-wise, and, and, and bourbon was just like, instead of gently overlaying everything, I felt like it was kind of coming to the forefront, maybe more than I wanted. If you're a big bourbon drinker, you might be like, hell yeah, I'm going to age the shit out of this, and, and that's the way I like it. So again, uh, beer is subjective. Not everybody's palate is the same. Uh, you know, you, you taste this, I taste that, tomato, tomato. So by, by no means take this as canon or gospel. I don't think there's any right answer to like what you should uh, be tasting. And then when you go back to 2013 and 2012, that's a, another transition period. We mentioned going black cap to gold cap in 2017. Uh, in 2013, it was the first year that the label said a flavored stout instead of previously in 2012 and every year prior to that, the KBS bottle said a stout ale. Again, purely cosmetic, but year to year, beers like this tend to have uh, slight changes, slight nuances that, you know, the the person with a very educated palate might pick up. So uh, was it just a label change? Was it a recipe change back then? Guys, we're, we're going over eight years here. I don't know. I can't tell you, uh, but there's yet another cosmetic change. So you had the label change in 2012 to 2013. You had the cap change from black to gold in 2017. And uh, overall, I, I guess what I, I would say on this, does fresh versus cellared versus chilled or refrigerated, does that make a difference? So all of these past years were cellared and we only put them in the fridge to try to balance out that temperature. And we got it to about 55 degrees um so that being said the lead up the 24 hour lead up when we were paying attention trying to do temperature control here uh i feel like everybody every beer was subject to the same situation but obviously we don't know what kind of uh magical chemical reactions and concoctions were happening in james's cellar uh as he stored these uh overall i can say what happened with uh with this junket of eight years of, of beers, these specific bottles, I felt like there was better body and mouthfeel on more recent years. Um, the newer years also, I think, held their balance better in both scent and the flavor profile, uh, allowing all the characteristics to shine through instead of it being muddied or just completely out of whack where something was like protruding way more heavy than the others. Um, the olders, I really couldn't pull out as many unique tones, uh, both in scent and in taste. Like I said, with the mouthfeel and the body, like maybe not as, um, rich or thick or, or viscous. Um, just, it, it just seemed muted. So I guess uh, my general review here would be that if you go back in time, you're losing some scent sometimes. Uh, I think you're definitely losing the equality of taste. It becomes less nuanced. If you are a big bourbon head and you love that, you may still want to age for several years. You may like that that seems to come to the forefront, uh, or at least it did in these cellared conditions. Uh, I tried to do a little bit of, of research uh, after we did this, just did a couple of like, Google searches just to see like what other people's thoughts are on this. And uh, people kind of hypothesize that they think if you were to fridge keep as opposed to cellar, uh, you know, cellar, you're a little bit warmer. People hypothesize that in a fridge in cold temperatures, 
that that may slow down the aging process uh, with the constant temperature, like assuming you don't go on vacation for a week, have a power outage, and, and your beers get skunked. Um, they're going to sit at a, a pretty consistent temperature in that, that controlled environment in that refrigerator for those years. So again, I'm no expert, but Armando, you've seen all kinds of uh, movies, uh, sci-fi or Austin Powers and the like, where uh, someone gets frozen and thawed out, and uh, they're not quite hip to it in year whatever it is now. And not to be silly, even though, you know, if you listen to the show, you know Pooch is uh, a little crazy. A little, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I like yeah. to have my fun. So, you know, uh, I don't know if this is like uh, Austin Powers or Demolition Man uh, type thing where you put someone in an iceberg and you thaw out the caveman and they're still alive and kicking years later. Uh, I don't want to say that that's the perfect analogy for a 2012 bottle of KBS being... Uh, opened finally in 20, 2019, but I'll say that's probably the best layman's way I can explain it. Um, I think that for my particular tastes, the older it got, it lost its luster a little bit. It lost a little bit of what makes it special. So I think my, my final advice to age or not to age, that is the question. Um, I'm going to say that I like the two newest the most. So if you could get your hands still on a 2019, uh, you know, we're in the summer now, it came out in the spring. Uh, if you can have that, you'd probably, you know, if you could have got it fresher right when it, when it came out, obviously that would probably be the most ideal from, from my perspective. Uh, it would still taste pretty good now. Um, however, you would not be upset with 2018 either. Uh, so I'm going to go back to what I said to start this off. Uh, if you're a big chocolate nut like me if you like the sugar you like the sweet you got a sweet tooth um the chocolate and the coffee i thought came through more in this year's version uh the bourbon was there it was nice but i felt like it was proportioned correctly and blanketed across all of the other nuanced flavors uh chocolate's my fave i'd go with that however if you do like a little flip-flop action on that a little less chocolate a little bit more of a bourbon i'd say go one year back have a 2018 bottle that you aged for one year and that i thought was also really good in a slightly different way so again to each his own but i don't think i personally would like to go back further than last year's i walk into a lot of bars and restaurants and they say in you know the year 2018 or the year 2019 they say hey we've got like 2017 or 2016 and that's not to say that all beers age the same. Like, this is how KBS ages. I'm sure a lot of people would posit that one of the most common aged beers you see on menus for, like, $15 or more is Bourbon County Stout and its variants. And I have to say, uh, to make a brief note, because that's not exactly what we're talking about here. I don't want to get too sidetracked. But I've had a couple of their aged two years and thought it was better than what I think two years ago, 2017 KBS tasted like. So again, you know, to each his own tomato, tomato, we've all got our own different palates. Every beer is not the same. Uh, conditions will vary this. Did you just go buy it when like the day it came out, the week it came out, the month it came out and you know, you basically got it to the temperature you wanted and drank it right away. Did you cellar it for a bunch of years? Did you refrigerate it for a bunch of years? All that I think has to do with the, the color, the scent, uh, the flavor profile, and how fast and how balanced that stuff would remain. 
Uh, and I did say color there, and we didn't talk about that too much. Uh, for me, maybe my eyes, you know, not as educated as most. I thought the color, uh, both in the liquid and the head, was pretty consistent for the most part. Maybe slight, very slight shades of technical difference in the head from year to year. But uh, yeah, that's that's my review. And I, I just think fresh is the way to go or maybe age for one year. After that, I don't think that it's worth it as much. Uh, Armando, tipsy, do, you, do we feel good after eight years? I always feel good. You always feel good. <laughs> so, so hopefully you feel good enough uh, because through the magic of editing, uh, that, that stuff was my notes and not uh, us sitting for an hour like, like we did and... Uh, you know, taking our sweet ass time so as to not be drunk because what we've got on the table here is another five more. So technically last month we had more different beers. We're clocking in a little bit under if you don't count eight years of KBS as something completely different and unique. If we count that as one, one really big one, <laughs> uh, we're not as many beers as we did last month, but we, we sure got some quality, damn it. So uh, what I want to do here is I want to start lightest and then go into the dark and heavy. So first up, we've got a very recent release from Maplewood Brewing Company. It is their Grammy Cakes Pastry Case Ale. And uh, this guy is pretty magical. Uh, I've had it. I went to a release event that Maplewood was present at at the Open Bottle. Uh, also in Tinley Park, Illinois, much like our featured brewery, Sound Growler. I should have cracked that on Mike. What am I doing? Uh, I'll get the next one, guys. Sorry I didn't crack that on Mike. Bush League here. I'm so excited to taste it. Uh, so I'm going to pour this out for you and I, Armando. I'm going to try not to spill here, but uh, that is not guaranteed. So I'm going to start us with, we got tasters here and we got pints. So I don't want to stick anybody with a pint of anything they don't like. So we'll go taster first. If we like what we have here, we can, we can fill a pint for uh, whoever likes what. Uh, and also, while we're sitting here doing this, uh, you've listened to the program before. You know there's a segment we do from time to time called 99 Bottles. And uh, once we do these tastings, we will uh, very shortly be doing some 99 Bottles action uh, in honor of this crazy summer Chicago heat. Uh, if you don't mind sticking around, we'll continue drinking uh, what our faves are here as we discuss summer heat mishaps because i think we've all had it whether you've been in a stifling hot car uh locked out of the house didn't wear sunscreen and look ridiculous um maybe got poured on with no umbrella just summer summer thunderstorm uh maybe you forgot like a birthday cake in the trunk and it melted whatever whatever it could be uh we'll get into that i'm sure it'll be even funnier after we have a couple of these but uh, you, you, you've sniffed around a little, Armando. I've had this one before, so I, I want you to, to saddle up to your mic there. Tell me your first impressions. What do you, what do you smell? Uh, and, and then give, a, give it a, a swig there and tell me what you think about the taste. Yeah, as far as for the smell, i uh, never had it, but it actually kind of reminds me of, I don't know if this is the best way to say, like very summery, very fresh. As far as taste, well, let's see. He's going for a second sip. It's either because he likes it or he's unsure. It's actually very, very smooth. Uh, it goes on very, very easily. I like the faces I'm seeing here. 
No, actually, never had this beer before. I actually, never heard of them before so, as well. So this is the second release of it. I want to say the first wave of it uh, was back in the winter, maybe around December, and that it was successful. So they just released it again um, this past month, and it is a magical beer in my opinion because i am a a big graham cracker whore so grammy cakes uh preceded before by other beers such as carrot cakes from maplewood which uh very cinnamony and tasted like carrot cakes this i think uh does have enough of a a hint of of graham you know at first you kind of get a little bit of coffee and then kind of ends with a little bit like a little hit of vanilla so i like this because it's it's a golden ale so when you're talking like this summer, this summer heat that we got going on right now, um, I think this is perfect. Sometimes I, I like a good dark beer, but sometimes that's too heavy to go nuts with um, in this kind of weather. So I think this is refreshing. I think I could sit out and sip this one. Uh, obviously, pints up, pints down here. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're already deep into it, man. Like I'm, I'm the deepest into it. I, I had some, some IPAs earlier in the program with Danny and Pico. Uh, we just did a vertical at KBS. We're cleansing our palate, though. We got our water bottles. We got our crackers here. Uh, so I feel like I got a pretty clean palate when I'm having this beer for the second time in my life. And I like what it has going on. I think I can drink this out in the sunshine and the heat and be refreshed. Um, you pretty much, I think, hit a lot of the, the tasting notes. You said you, you got the vanilla. You said you got the uh, the coffee. And that that's nice because... Uh, I use the Untapped app a lot, and I, I was kind of laughing here. Uh, definitely not bullshitting you here. Definitely not cheating. I'm looking at the Untapped, and pretty much what you were saying you tasted means they did a great job with this beer because it says that it was brewed with cinnamon, uh, vanilla, which you tasted, metric coffee, which you said you also tasted up front, and uh, rich flavors, creamy mouthfeel, and uh, I like that they boast Little Debbie ain't got shit on this one. <laughs> So I, I agree. I'm going to take a big sip of this. Uh, we basically here at Pints Up, Pints Down, we sometimes simplify things. Uh, the equivalent of a thumbs up, thumbs down. We go Pints Up or Pints Down. So what would you say uh, to this one, Armando? You know, I'm actually not a huge, huge coffee fan, but I like it. It's like it's it's there, but it's not overpowering. It's very solo, and then it's very refreshing to very end. I, on Untapped, gave this a four out of five. For our purposes, I give it. A, a very high pints up um it's light it's sexy i feel the the velvety graham cracker blanket my tongue and uh graham crackers are a go-to mindless snack for me i can't tell you how many times late at night i've been like sitting watching something on the dvr on netflix and just like munching graham crackers so this is like the liquid form of that so good i would you know i don't have graham crackers at uh casa de pooch right now but if i did like i would probably be like munching them with this beer and be very happy so i'm going pints up are you are you pints up as well i would say i'm uh, definitely gonna go with pints up excellent so we got a little bit in the can there we both like that one so maybe i have a little bit more of that when we jump into 99 bottles next up and this is going to be a fun one because i have never had this one i purchased this when it came out and then i proceeded to sit on it and i said ouch because metal cans hurt but uh, I finally am ready to let it out into the wild. Uh, so we'll go again. We'll go same rules. We're going to go taster. We'll bust out our pint glasses later if, uh, if we want a big pour of these guys. But 
Uh, I mean, we just did a vertical, so I, I think it makes a, <laughs> a lot of sense to keep it with uh, the, the three to four ounce pours for now. But yeah, definitely liking the Grammy cakes. Uh, just a, a nice light color and, and very uh, refreshing. And you taste all the flavors you were supposed to, but nothing uh, overdoes it. Everything kind of blends together beautifully. So let's see if we could say the same thing uh, about this guy. Uh, got a nice little, maybe like a finger of, uh, of head on this guy. Oh, has a little foam on top. Yeah. Got, got a little, little sizzle. Almost... Uh, kind of like uh, a little carbonation to its head um a little snap crackle pop now uh, i'm reading the can here hot butcher for the world uh this beer is strange shooting star-like lights and this was brewed with cascade comet and xpo 6300 hops uh, it is an american pale ale uh, it is only 5.75%, so not going to knock you on your butt. Uh, basically in line with the Grammy Cakes we just had. Grammy Cakes actually was a little bit more, 6%. Didn't taste like it. Didn't didn't taste very, uh, very alcohol-y. Uh, not at all. I would think I'm used to Hot Butcher uh, being the sweet spot of ABV and flavor. And uh, we'll see. The can says for tasting notes, fruits, floral, candied lemon, and juicy grapefruit. So I'm going to go for a sniff right now. And man, like we got the air conditioner going like crazy here. That, that AC, that electric bill is going to be, be big this month. But man, these cans are sweating and they've only been out for like a few minutes. This is fun. I like it. So, okay, I definitely smell very citrusy. Let me go back and see you. I'm getting those lemon notes. That I'm getting for sure. You get a lot of, actually you get a lot of lemon right yeah, away. Yeah. That I think is the the most dominant smell that I'm getting. Um it says grapefruit. I'm thinking that might come more in the taste. And then do you get I kinda get like the little bit of the floral maybe slightly in the in the scent i'm thinking a lot of these tasting notes on the can are going to come through more so in the in the taste so let's go for that all right very smooth very very smooth not too bitter not too hoppy the hops are there definitely not overly aggressive i'm gonna say the lemon just like with the smell dominates i feel like that hits me first a little bit of the grapefruit in the mid, and then I want to say that the, like the, the finish, the aftertaste, I do kind of get that that floral note that they're talking about. Also a little bit like piney, but yeah, I, I like this a lot, more than I thought I would, actually, to be quite honest. Right. Again, refreshing, a little bit of hops if you like your your hops. Yeah, I like this. I think this is a very balanced beer. I like this a lot. I'm going to give it on untapped. This is one of the ones I haven't tried yet. So this is my good, honest reaction. I'm going to give it a four and a quarter on untapped. And for our purposes, as you might assume, that equates to a pints up. Armando, what are you feeling over there? I like it. It's actually not not too bitter. Um, I like the color. I actually really, really like the smell of these. The, uh, yeah, that citrusy. That citrusy lemon very, is really nice on the nose. It's very nice on the nose. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the first one of this this tasting. 
That's a lot of <laughs> a lot of KBS backed up and then and then followed with some <clears throat> light guys. So for the purpose of, of you know drinking, it tends to be safer to go uh, lighter to dark. But in this instance, we just totally went dark, light, and we're gonna go dark again in a minute. Uh, I'm gonna finish this guy off really quick, and through the magic of editing, we're gonna be ready for another one. All right, let's go on to the third one. I realize I kept promising I was going to crack these on, on mic. I'm, I'm doing such a poor job mm. now. My guy Danny, last month, this month, did a great job of being the official guy. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm doing too much here. I'm, I'm running the technical. I'm, I'm hosting. And I'm, I'm cracking shit off mic. And, and that's just, that's no bueno. We got to get this right, man. So uh, I'm going to crack this next one on mic. This is Energy City Brewing's uh, Batisserie which uh, I think is like a fancy foreign thing for like kind of like bakery pastry type stuff. Uh, Batisserie series. Uh, this is their Batisserie Neapolitan Stout. It's an imperial stout brewed with cocoa, lactose, strawberries, and Madagascar vanilla beans. And then it says that our Batisserie beers are brewed with the flavors and inspiration from patisseries uh, the world over. So I guess patisseries is your Euro lingo for like a bakery type thing, I would assume. Uh, or maybe it's an ice cream shop. Who knows? I, I could sound smart and look it up on Google, but I'm not gonna. I'm just putting out my stupid beliefs right there on the interwebs. Uh, so obviously it sounds like a pastry thing, but they swap it out for a B because it's beer. Batisserie, Neapolitan Stout from Energy City Brewing. Uh, let's, let's go. I'm on mic this time. I'm gonna do it correct for you guys. Now... Are you a Neapolitan ice cream guy? Uh, I am, actually. If done right, this could be something you're a, a big fan of, like myself. Uh, this will be the third Neapolitan beer that I've ever had. Uh, I was spoiled with the first one. The first one that I ever had uh, was a one-off beer at Imperial Oak Brewing, and uh, they did it over their St. Paddy's Day week, and I've meant, I feel like I've mentioned it two or three times during story time uh, here on the podcast. And I just I keep going back to it because I gave it a perfect five out of five rating. And then I was like, oh, shit, does everybody's Neapolitan taste this good? So then shortly thereafter, I saw Sagatuck Brewing's Neapolitan. And it was good, but the flavor profile uh, wasn't as strong. Didn't taste like straight ice cream in the mouth to me. So I'm hoping that this one does. I, I'm not going to read... Anything on Untapped about its flavor profile so that we could kind of just be honest with what we, we taste. Uh, only thing I'm reading at the top of their page for this beer is that it is a 10% ABV. So obviously we jumped from the, the, the 6, the 575, and now we're, we're, we're in it. We're in the dark beers. We're, we're strong. So I'm going to smell it. Uh, out of the can, I didn't get it as much. Now that it's poured, definitely getting it. It's, I smell the strawberry. I think that's coming through the most of your three quote-unquote ice cream flavors followed by some chocolate i feel like the strawberry is like sharp up front and then the scent goes to chocolate for me might be a little bit of vanilla in there too like they're supposed to be i feel like this is all going to come through in the flavor but that's what i'm getting on the smell uh i'm about to dive in for the smell i'm actually getting strawberry right away and then i actually get a very little hints of vanilla yeah i think of the three like i thought i got vanilla the least on the nose I felt like strawberry like sharply hit you first, then Definitely. chocolate, and then if you kept going in there for like a third and fourth sniff, a little vanilla. And my first sip, um, a lot of strawberry on the finish, up front and the finish really. I'm feeling a little, uh, little tart. 
up front. Definitely like a smooth richness in the middle. And then I feel like the aftertaste, some strawberry tartness again. Somewhere in the middle there, I feel like in the smooth, rich, like creaminess, there's some chocolate. I don't know if I taste vanilla that much. Much like I, I thought I only smelled it slightly. If it's if it's there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to jump in on this one more time. If it's there on the taste, I think that is also a slight taste. Not really getting much of the vanilla as far as um, the taste. Yeah, I think strawberry is dominant for sure. I guess I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll say this. The only negative thing I can really say is I think strawberry dominates chocolate it's there a little bit vanilla barely maybe like a whisper of it so i kind of wish the three flavors were balanced together a little bit more but it's still a good beer just because it's you know of the neapolitan mix strawberries dominant that doesn't make it a bad beer at all uh i'm gonna go with a pints up and i think as far as on un- untapped app if, I, if i'm doing that i would give it a 4.25 and I would do that saying that it's a very good beer and I'd give it a higher score if the chocolate and especially the vanilla came through a little bit more for me on it. What are your thoughts, Armando? What's your rating? Um, I like it. I mean, if you're a huge, huge fan on strawberry, you definitely get that a whole bunch. You get it basically throughout. Um, I, at the very end, I kind of I smell a little bit of vanilla, but I don't really taste any of it. I do taste the chocolate as well. Um, not a whole bunch, not too subtle, but it's definitely there. So is this a, even though it doesn't quite hit all flavors equally, is this a overall a pints up? Uh, are you happy with this beer? I am very happy. I like it. Bueno. Bueno indeed. All right. Now this next one, uh, this is one I've had a couple times already. Uh, basically the last two were, were my first impression. These last two I've had before. This one I've had twice before. I will have it as many times as I can before... It is gone. And this is Microphone Brewings. Smells like bean spirit. Uh, obviously, the can art is inspired from Nirvana's Nevermind album with the naked baby. Uh, we have like a, a naked coffee bean man, and he's got like a little bean where his wee Willy Wonka should be. Uh, we got like a little fish hook pulling a kind of a, a glass ish looking like growler of maple syrup so smells like bean spirit is a breakfast stout ale with vermont maple syrup and tugboat coffee roasters sumatra mandeling coffee if i said that right apologize if i did not um so the first time i had this was at the brass tap in orland park and when i opened the can well actually i take that back they opened the can and poured it for me like a mouse. Uh, when they did that, they set it on the table in front of me, about the middle of the table, and I could smell the maple syrup from across the room. Now, I've had these cans for a little bit, and I don't know, you know, different variables if you're going to get that, but I'll, I'll preface it with, uh, I'm going to crack this open and pour it, and tell me if you, you smell it before you even bring it close to your nose, Armando, because I sure did the first time I experienced this, and it was awesome. Oh, goodness, I smell it. So good. Look at this liquid. Dark in color. Looks a little bit... Uh... Black as coal. The head looks like chocolate milk. It's wonderful. To your point, it seemed like it was like a more like a thicker consistency. Oh, yeah. It, it's thick like straight up maple syrup, baby. It's, this is viscous for sure. 
Whiskas and thick. I like it. So, so this one, I think you're going to catch the smell before you even have to get close. Oh, yes. Right away. Straight up smells like Aunt Jemima's in the house, right? I swear, man. Every time I have this beer, I just... Aunt Jemima? What took you so long? <laughs> I don't know if that's going to make sense to anybody that doesn't watch old Aunt Jemima commercials. But that's what I smell. If, if Vermont is, is the king of maple syrups... That, that's what's going on here. I, I smell it big time. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts? What are, you, what are you getting all up in your in your grill, in your nostrils? Get a lot of uh, like a maple syrup. Or like small little hints of kind of like coffee-like smell. I'm not sure if it's just me, but... No, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's both a, a breakfast stout and... Uh, in a more general term, a, a coffee beer. Uh, it has that Vermont maple syrup, which obviously is the dominant scent. I think that's what you get on the front end of a, of a good sniff. And then on the back end, I feel like you get the, the coffee. Definitely smells like the roasted coffee beans. And, and they are saying that is Super Sumatra Coffee from Tugboat Coffee Roasters. And Tugboat is used in a lot of craft beers. Uh, microphone using them in this beer. Uh, they're used in Pollyanna's um, fun size coffee flavor as well. Um, but obviously there's probably just like there's different variations of beer. There's different variations of, of coffee beans and, and different roasts. And, uh, I believe it's like the straight tugboat coffee that is used for Pollyanna where this says it's specifically the Sumatra coffee bean. So a little bit different than what Pollyanna uses from them. I believe, um, I know what this tastes like. I, I love it. So I'm just going to let you do your thing, man. Get, it, get in there and tell me what you think on, on first sip. Don't mind if I do. Definitely right away you get the, the coffee taste and it, it kind of like lingers. Yeah. A little bit afterwards. Um, Agree. There's the, the sweetness of the maple syrup. It's rich, but I think it balances well because it's not too sweet. Um. I feel like it's very sweet at first, like that first blast your tongue, blast your taste buds, but then sort of dissipates into the sort of like uh, sucking on a coffee bean, kind of like the finish. And then um, a little zip in the end too. I feel like a little little carbonation that kind of reminds you it's a beer and that you're not just drinking like sweet syrup liquid, like kind of reminds you, hey, this is a beer um, on that back end. I don't want to influence you, so, um, I mean, I already said I like it. I'm trying to, like, maintain my composure. Um, so before I tell you what I would give it as a final rating, what uh, what do you think? Would this be a, a pints up or a pints down? It depends if you like uh, the coffee taste, but I would definitely give it a pints up. Coffee. I definitely sip this. Uh, I would definitely sip this beer. Coffee, uh, coffee runs the world, man. I, I know I need real coffee to uh, caffeine me through my days, and uh, it certainly doesn't hurt to do a little breakfast, a uh, little pancake syrup with my with my coffee in the morning. Not that you should. Well, I mean, it's five o'clock somewhere all the time, I guess. But you know, not that you should be waking up at eight a.m. and pounding this for breakfast. Just saying, uh, I prefer this as a nightcap, a uh, little late night sipper is how I usually take this one. Little uh, breakfast for dinner, which uh, people like to do, you know. And uh, I give this one one of my highest pints up. Uh, I, there's only a handful of things over the years that I've given a five in Untapped. Uh, this is one of them. I was ready to give it a five 
the fir- my first experience with it, I was ready to give it a five based on the smell. I was like, well, wait, it, you know, it's beer. It's a beverage. You're supposed to drink it. So, Pooch, drink it first before you give it that high rating. And uh, luckily, the taste delivers as well. So, I'm, I'm a five on untapped. I'm a big pints up. Um, basically, if you like syrup and you like coffee, you're going to like this. Uh, I don't think there's any other overly complicated notes to talk about here. Um, if you want to delve more into like the coffee thing, like have you ever had a chocolate covered coffee bean? I have. So you know it's kind of like that little graininess, like that texture on your tongue. I almost feel like that's what the the back end of this is. I kind of feel like up front, it's like I I squirted some maple syrup in my mouth, and then I bit like a chocolate covered coffee, coffee bean, bean, and and it was magical. That's kind of the best way I could describe this beer. So if you see me on the internet uh, on our podcast social media pages in in the coming weeks. And you see me with a, a hand full of a syrup bottle squeezing into my mouth and then like coffee beans dropping in in the other, like the old uh, drink the milk from the fridge while squirting Hershey syrup or Nesquik <laughs> or whatever, you know, Nestle Quick, whatever it is in your mouth with the other hand. Like that's kind of how I feel like this is literally like syrup in one hand, coffee in the other. And, and this is what you get. And, and I'm a huge fan. And as we cleanse our palate with water for the final beer, uh, we stay in the same vein. So this is a beer that I bought based on, I was like, sounds interesting. Looked on Untapped, very positive reviews. And I just bought a two pack of it because I was like, it can't be wrong, man. Look at all these people giving these great reviews and, and the flavor profile is described on Untapped. Seems like it's can't miss. So I went with it. And then this is actually the first of me opening my can because I actually tasted this. Um, I was out one night and they had this at a certain establishment that I decided to make it a part of my flight. I was like, you know what? I can't wait till I open those cans when I go back home. Let me just get a taster of this now. So I made it part of my flight. And it's in the same vein as what we just did. Reason being that this beer is Hubbard's Cave Pancake Walk. And we just had something that was predominantly maple syrup. So pancakes have what? They have they have syrup. Uh, I'm not going to say too much more on this until, until you taste, because I, I don't like to over-talk when I have had it and you have not. So let's crack this last one open. Hold on there, Pooch. I think you're having all the fun there. I think oh, you I want, should you get want to crack open one? All right, thing. I'm passing the can over. You go ahead and maybe you're a better cracker than me. Maybe you could get the loudest crack of the Let's day. See. You know what? Should we have a little build up? Do you want build up? a little Hold drum on. roll? Yes, please. Ooh, I think that was like the most sensual one. I, I heard like the little ah crack. I I think you have the most seductive pour. All right, so I'm looking at this. It seems to be the same color as Smells Like Bean Spirit. Uh, pours maybe a skosh more liquidy, maybe a little less viscous. And, you know, I may have over-poured myself there based on... You can never over-pour. Based on what I know about this beer, which hopefully is not giving away too much of my thoughts. But I'll say start with that, Armando. So what are we thinking on the, the scent? Get a little bit of chocolate. Yeah, definitely. Almost like a almost like a cooked chocolate. Like yes. if you ever if you ever drove past like a chocolate factory and, and you smell chocolate being cooked, that's what this smells like to me. Maybe a hint of syrup, but I think the chocolate definitely is uh, what's coming through. 
And I think at the very end of a good hard tug with my nose, a little bit of nuttiness. Maybe even maybe even like a whisper of coconut. This guy is an Imperial Double. It is 12%. Uh, I believe this is the highest of everything that we have tasted today. Um, I don't think I mentioned it when we were tasting the Smells Like Bean Spirit. That one was only 8%. Uh, so yeah, the uh, Neapolitan was 10, and now this Hubbard's Cave Pancake Walk is 12%, so the highest alcohol content. And uh, we've sort of analyzed the smells. Let us uh, let us take a sip. So my initial thing, I've I've had this once before, so I'm kind of like going over something I already felt in the past. But excuse my swishing. Um, very sweet, very sweet. Definitely get like some syrup, the maple syrup. There's some chocolate there, like some mid-tones with the chocolate. And I feel like the nuttiness, um, kind of like a maple pecan combination flavor there between the nuttiness and the syrup. But yeah, I would say syrup dominates, chocolate next, a little bit of nutty finish. They're supposed to be coconut, not strongly, like maybe like if you had a flake or two of coconut in, in like a recipe, that's kind of what it tastes like. Maybe just like, you know, a note, a hint, as we say in the business. So my review on this, I give it a pints up. I, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, make this caveat, but I'm going to do it. It's my podcast. I can do what I want, right? I make up the rules as I go. Uh, the flavor, just having a taster as we are right now, I give a pints up, but... As a 16-ounce tall can that if you bought and you weren't sharing with friends like I am splitting with you right now in taster glasses, I don't think as a beer I could drink a whole one of this. So I'm going to say pints up just based on the flavor. Standalone, taking a couple sips. But if you're looking for drinkability, would you as an individual, no matter how much of a big beer drinker or a lightweight you are i'm not even going off the the 12 strength like it goes down smooth it doesn't feel boozy at all i'm going based off the sweetness i think smells like bean spirit is perfectly balanced because it has a little bit of that carbonation it has a little bit of like that more um like a stout finish this i feel like almost completely stays sweet straight through it feels like I'm drinking a syrupy mix with other flavors blended in. It never has anything in its flavor profile to remind me that this is beer. So as a, a couple sips taste, pints up. It's a delicious flavor. As a person who's trying to keep it, at the end of the day, keep it beer, uh, keep it something I could drink a whole can of, like, I don't even think I could drink a whole, like, a 12-ounce can. These come in 16-ounce, and I, I don't even think I could do a 12-ounce. Uh, so, to me, this is best served as part of your flight, if you can get it. Um, if you're cracking a can, split it with as many friends as possible. I think it's very enjoyable. Uh, but I don't think it has as many characteristics to bring me back to the fact that it's still beer. Uh, I think it just is, like, straight syrup sugary goodness. And... Uh, a full serving of it? I, I don't think I could do it. I think I got the diabetes if I if I drink like a ton of it. Um, and that's just my thoughts. Is, is uh, Hubbard's Cave great job on the the flavor, but um, bring it back to the the wheelhouse of beer. Uh, that part I think we dropped the ball on a little bit. 
I don't think I could do a full one. What, what, what do you think? Do you do you agree? Do you disagree? Like, are you looking to finish this can, or are you struggling to finish a taster? Uh, well, see, see, I'm still kind of going on the taster itself, but uh, definitely very sweet, very sweet at the very end. Yeah. Um, get a lot of the uh, kind of like a maple syrup uh, taste to it. A very little bit of chocolate. I like it. It's very very sweet. If you definitely like, if you like sweet stuff, you'll it's definitely gonna some, be something that you'll definitely like. So overall, are you giving it a pints up or a pints down? Not sure how exactly I feel, but feel free you know feel free to split the difference like I just did. Like I think as the flavor, it's up. As a drinkability, like a full serving, I think it's down. I, I, I don't I think it tastes more like syrup than it does beer. Whereas smells like bean spirit, you still get that full flavored syrup. But it comes back around, and the finish tastes more like a traditional stout in the finish and, and reminds you it's beer. Uh, this, I just feel like, is a sugary liquid, to be honest. I like it. I like the flavors. I, I can't keep drinking it for long, is, is basically my summation of everything. Um, I had to give it, like, a thumbs up. Uh, very, very sweet. I like sweetness. So I'm a sweet tooth, so for I'm me to say something... Tooth, definitely. For me to say something is too sweet, like, I like sweet wines, too. So for me to say something is too sweet... It's got to be pretty sweet. And I'm thinking this is kind of like on the borderline of my threshold, to be to be honest. So in a tasting setting, pints up. For me, in a drink-a-full-one setting, it's got to be a pints down just because um, it's just a sugary liquid. And I, I don't feel like I, I feel the beer characteristic as much. Um, possibly part of the whole like pastry beer craze going a little too far. Um, if you want something that tastes like syrup, I would say you're better off with microphone smells like bean spirit if you want something that's a pastry flavor i in recent months am, am leaning more and more to towards the golden ales um that are like a pastry flavor I, I really enjoyed the grammy cakes that we had today um i also feel like milk stouts lend themselves to like desserty flavors um yeah this is good but i, I can't have a ton so that that that's my final say on it. Uh, of the, of the five beers that we just had, what what were you feeling? Were you feeling the uh, the Maplewood, the Grammy cakes? Uh, were you feeling the Hot Butcher Pale Ale, the Energy City Neapolitan, the Microphone Smells Like Bean Spirit, or this the Hubbard's Cave Pancake Walk? If you had to pick your favorite of of the five, um, I guess depends on the situation what I'm feeling for, but I kind of. I don't know, something about the Grammy cakes was actually yeah. delicious. Was I think that's good. the most drinkable. Like, I yes. could down those all day. It, I think it was the most perfectly balanced beer of everything that we had today. And especially in this July heat, it's probably the most suitable of everything that we had. It was just, as, as I've said before, uh, I think I described that beer as light and sexy. That's, that's, that's how I like it. I could drink that in my backyard at a barbecue all day and all night long. Um... The pale ale from Hot Butcher was really good, um, pretty drinkable, a little bit more hoppy, obviously. And then uh, these dark beers, there's a time and a place for them. And of the three, like I think Smells Like Bean Spirit is just my reigning champion. So the highest rating I've given of these five beers was Smells Like Bean Spirit, um, the one that's most drinkable in summer heat. I think you, you tend to get away from the dark beers. Uh, you don't do as many stouts and, and barrel-aged things. Um, if you're out and exposed to the heat, then I like the lighter, smoother, um, little More bit soft, yeah, softer on the palate. And, uh, and for that, I think Grammy cakes does a great job of being just the right amount of pastry, sweet flavors, 
balanced just like precisely with great precision uh, to still be a golden ale and be like a lighter fare that you can have a bunch of uh, clocking in at 6%. That's going to be my winner of uh, this edition of Pints Up, Pints Down. Uh, super glad that we could have uh, two separate sessions of Pints Up, Pints Down with three different objectives. Uh, we basically did the IPA Kings, Treehouse Brewing in Massachusetts. Uh, happy for Danny and Pico to join me for that. Uh, was very pleased to do the vertical tasting of KBS from Founders with you. And then these just five random beers that I've been sitting on for a while, just waiting for this day, waiting for this moment, waiting for you, Armando. So uh, that was a good time. And uh, I want to continue sipping on these guys. So uh, so w- what can I pour you as we discuss our summer mishaps, our, our heat misadventures? You know, it's a little hot, so... I think I'll keep drinking a little bit more of the uh, Grammy cakes. All right, let's Grammy cakes. Let's Grammy cakes it up. It's time for some discussion. So take one down and pass it around. This is 99 Bottles. But a Pilsner ain't one. Hit me! All right, so we're poured up here. We've got ourselves the the remainder of the Grammy cakes. And uh, what I want to know, because it is... We're in the middle of like a three-day span here in Chicago as we record this, and, and, and today being the hottest day, um, it's like that dirty, dirty heat, that that like musty, not good air quality to breathe. Uh, when the sun is direct and not behind a cloud, it's just like you feel it burning on your skin. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the floor to you first. Do you have any uh, probably not fond, maybe not so fond memories of just like. Uh, a summer heat snafu that just like was not fun <clears throat> as I burp on you. Well, it depends what you uh, kind of describe as fun, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, I saw uh, I didn't make it to this year's event. I usually go with my dad every year, but I saw you were at uh, NHRA in Chicago uh, on Joliet at the Speedway. I believe that was a pretty hot day, was it not? It was definitely a hot day. Uh, lots of sun. Uh, I had a few uneven tan lines. Can't even really tell anymore, but... One of my worst sunburns ever. Like, you know how people make the mistake of thinking that, like, the the temperature, the heat, um, or direct sun is, like, the only way you could get sunburn? I made that mistake. Uh, I forget how many years ago it was. Yeah, I, I went to the, the Chicagoland Speedway. I went to, uh, I went to Joliet. It was for NHRA drag racing, and it's usually, like, so freaking hot. They usually come in, like, June, give or take. And um, this one year, the temperature, I think, like, the high was going to be, like, 77 or 8. It's like, oh, that's not bad. That's perfect. That's perfect. There's cloud cover. Even, like, even I think there was, like, a slight chance of rain. So I don't put on sunblock. I don't have a hoodie. Nothing to cover my skin. I'm just like, this feels wonderful. And I learned a very hard lesson that day that the sun's rays technically are still shining through those clouds. And if you would have saw the ridiculous, like you can probably see on the back of my neck, like this darkness and then the pasty white that continues on my back. This is like permanent neck stuff that lightened, but it will probably never disappear. It's from that day. Temperature in the 70s, cloud cover. The old pooch doesn't think he needs sunscreen, and I got burned the F up. I had, like, the whole funky nose, funky cheeks. Uh, I think the only thing I was, sh- like, saved was my forehead because I was wearing a hat. 
my neck got jacked up. I got like farmer's tan on the arm that I think is finally like, so this finally faded. The neck is like forever damaged, but after that drag racing event, like above my elbow, it was just like so dark and then so farmery, pasty Casper the ghost from then up. And I think I'm finally like, my arms are back to being mostly ghosty entirely again. But um, that was one of the worst sun or heat. Oh, that wasn't heat. It was like 70. So I guess that was a sun-related mishap big time. Um, do you have do you have any, any good stories like that, any any mishaps? I know uneven tan, uh, tan things. Uh, ever, ever sweating buckets, ever something damaged, melted, broken, batteries, whatever because of insane heat well actually that you bring about um it was actually uh, on july 4th uh-oh family we went to uh the water parks and uh i was thinking you know actually it rained a few times that day and it was kind of cloudy so i was like do i really need sunscreen or not i put a little bit but not enough and i didn't really keep applying didn't want to get in the water and um the next day i was actually peeling because of how sunburned i got even though the sun wasn't even that strong and it rained for extended period of time yeah that that's that's always a fun one when it like rains all day but then the sun comes out and you just kind of like sneaks up on you like oh it's been crappy all day till now i'm cool and then you just get burned to hell uh and i don't tan the only time i've ever looked tan is maybe like in the healing process fading from like a tomato red maybe i, I look that way but then it turns into a peel and then it instantly becomes unattractive so it's like i have like maybe like a 24-hour window in the healing process where it looks good um i think one of the other worst things i had was uh i want to say it was in 2016 the cubs world series year uh on my birthday uh, which I'll throw out there. This is my this is my birthday uh, month. This is my birthday episode of the podcast. My birthday bash. Uh, trying all these beers with y'all. And uh, a couple years ago, Cubs uh, 2016. Only game I made it to all season was an away game in Milwaukee for my birthday. And it was 90 something degrees. Who knows what with the heat index? It wasn't like a super hard sun, but it was it was out. And I just remember sitting there with my friends. And being absolutely, like, unprepared, like, just soaked through my clothes. And I was like, I get it. You guys have a retractable roof. You save it for, like, inclement weather, you know, like, rain, thunderstorms, whatever. But, like, when it's so hot, would it kill you to close the roof to get everybody out of the sun? And, like, that ballpark AC? Like, like no? You can't do that for me? So I literally kind of, like, spent a whole day in Milwaukee tailgating and then in the park and and driving home where I just felt like I was sitting in my own pooch stew. I was like sweated through my, my fricking boxer brief, sweated through my shorts, sweated through my back and, and sweated through clothing does not feel good. Um, I've had times where I went out in summer heat and had like batteries melt in my like electronic devices to age myself. It was like Walkmans and Discmans like uh, before everybody's music was played from their phone or whatever the hell, you know, people are using these days. I've, I've had melted batteries. I've had melted food on like short trips where you think like, like what can happen? It's like a half hour drive, like melted foods. Um, but I think predominantly my most awful heat things were sweating through clothes, awkward, awkward, skin cancer level burns, like bad. 
even to the point of like feeling a little like seeing spots before your eyes. So stay hydrated, kiddies. Uh, this this podcast talks about alcohol. So make sure for for every beer that you're having, you're you're doing like me and Armando here in this heat, and you're having you're having a bottle of water with each of those. Gotta have your water. This is my high quality H two O. But uh, as we finish the the lighter fare here, because I think it, uh, the heavy guys are fine to review and taste, but man, it's like over a hundred something degrees with the real feel out there in Chicagoland right now. So we're finishing off this Maplewood Grammy Cakes. Uh, we're going to finish off this wonderful Hot Butcher Strange Shooting Star-like Lights. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed all of the reviews that we did today in our multiple Pints Up, Pints Down segments. If you had these, maybe you agree with us. And if you haven't had it, maybe we've got you ready to go out there and try to track some down and uh, have some for yourself. So uh, whatever the case may be, uh, I had a good time and I am feeling sufficiently good on this uh this wonderful sunny day armando how how are you feeling i'm uh i'm feeling definitely amazing uh i don't know if it's a beer or maybe it's just it could be my it could be my presence i i make people feel wonderful (laughs) i'm sure you do poochie i'm I'm sure you do just you know it's my it's my birthday show just uh (laughs) nod and smile and let me have that one you know we we all know the truth but, um, man, it, like I said at the, the top of the program when we brought you in for uh, a guy walks into a bar, as you, as you walked into Disco Pooch, Casa de Pooch, whatever we call this place. I don't really know. I, it doesn't have a name. I'll work on that. I'll get a name for it. But uh, as we said, man, like we, uh, we had thoughts of doing a YouTube channel based around beer and alcohol and, and, and fun shenanigans uh, several years ago. So awesome to have you on for us to, to collaborate on an episode of this. And uh, essentially, I just uh, have like an army of, of people that have been guests and co-hosts on this podcast. And that's, that's the way I want to keep it, a, a rotating cast of regulars. So definitely intend to have you back again. Uh, we have some, some mutual friends. Uh, Miguel, who was going to be in on that YouTube channel with us once upon a time with our younger selves. Uh, our good friend Greg, who uh, almost was able to be a part of this, but he is a son of a bitch that takes cooler vacations than me. So he's, <laughs> he's in Cancun right now. Yeah, he is. Hi, Greg. I've seen that. Uh, <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll be sure to have a pint or two with him as well when uh, when he returns from Cancun. But uh, we are going to take a quick break, and I am going to give my parting shots and wrap things up right after this. So, Armando, thank you, and uh, stay tuned. we got a few minutes left to go. We will tell you what to look forward on the August episode. You're listening to the After Work Drinks podcast. For all the latest news and events, visit our page at twitter.com slash awdpod. And once you're there, make sure you never miss a tweet. Follow our Twitter handle at awdpod. And I think that's going to do it for my birthday bash edition of the podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys got your fill of everything. Lord knows we all did. Uh, a big thanks to everyone that was on the program. Uh, we did two Pints Up, Pints Down segments. Uh, the summer of tasting continues as promised. So uh, big thanks to my guys Danny and Pico, who you heard in the first segment. Uh, Armando, who joined me as co-host and helped me down 
an eight-year vertical of Founders KBS. Uh, that was a tall task indeed, uh, as well as five other offerings that we had from some sexy breweries. We sipped on some deliciousness from Maplewood, Hop Butcher, Energy City, Hubbard's Cave, and Microphone Brewing. And uh, speaking of Energy City, this time it was their Neapolitan Stout. Uh, next month, it's going to be another entry from their Bratisserie series. It's going to be their Double Marshmallow S'more Stout. So really, really excited about that. Uh, is it still going to be hot summer? Sure. Uh, but you know what? Maybe we'll save a can for those fall bonfires as well. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, thank you to Sound Growler Brewing Company, uh, Art and Larry. Uh, I go way back with Art to college days. Uh, a blast having them on and uh, hope to do some work with them again in the future. Uh, they were really fun to sit down and talk to. Uh, best of luck to them moving forward as they keep getting bigger and better. And I'm just really excited to see them maximize their new canning system. Really excited for them. Coming up next month in August and beyond, uh, we got all kinds of stuff lined up, talking to a couple breweries, uh, trying to book a distillery, getting the date set on that. And I believe uh, a little bit faster than I initially anticipated, we are going to have the second entry in our Tasting and Talking series. Uh, that special guest may be joining us as soon as next month as well, so stay tuned to all of our social media throughout the month of August to see what's going on. Uh, in addition to everything going on with the show, we're also going to start doing some quickie video reviews, a fast-paced minute or less version of our Pints Up, Pints Down reviews, and uh, we'll try to throw some humor into that as well. Uh, as much uh, tongue-in-cheek and wink in the camera we can do with 60 seconds, but we're going to do it, so stay tuned to all of our channels for that as well. And if you don't know all of our channels by heart, this seems like a perfect opportunity to tell you that you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at AWD Podcast, on Twitter at AWD Pod, on Snapchat after work drinks, all one word, caps on those first letters. And if you somehow stumbled into an audio abyss and you have no idea how you're listening to this episode, uh, let me just reiterate some ways you can find us. Uh, the show is currently available via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and of course, our host, SoundCloud. So any of those will do. Uh, feel free to funnel us from your provider of choice. And man, just uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Pooch's Birthday Bash, uh, this little extravaganza with uh, lots of celebratory beer tasting and reviews that I threw for myself. Uh, tried not to be too self-indulgent. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed the content we provided this month and we'll continue doing so as we move forward. Uh, a year older, a year wiser, and uh, onward and upward, my friends. Uh, until next time, please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Be good to each other out there and stay safe until we meet again next month for what will surely be an August heater of an episode. And that's going to do it for this episode of AWD. Be sure to follow us on social media for bonus content and all the latest show news and announcements. This has been the After Work Drinks podcast. Until next time. Cheers. Hey man, I need a strong drink. But first, I need to sneak out of work real fast. Kick the shit off like a wedding crash. Hit my computer off. I slide past my boss. I will be tossed. If I'm caught again, but fuck it. I'm on the cell phone calling all my friends. How we do? People say I got hex games for brains. Cause the way I live my life, I must be insane. But life's an adventure. I just ride it out. Live in the moment. Might die tomorrow. Relax. I don't write this song to make it.